G Money. Yo. What's up, man? What's good? What's good? How you feel? Yeah, man. You know, back at it, another show. Oh man, another show, man. You got me out here again, bro. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, got we got to we got to do it for the team. You know, I, I remember when I asked you yesterday. I said, G Money. He was like, Oh yeah, okay. You are a team player, man. I am. I want you to say no so I can get it. I, I can get <laughs> I at know, you. Right I know. That's why, that's why you. I, I think about it. I'm like, <laughs> I tell him no show tomorrow. I ain't, gonna, I ain't gonna hit the end of it. Yeah, how you doing, man? Tell me what's going on. How's everything? I'm good, man. I actually had a day off today, but uh, I guess not. We'll be here. Yeah, we, get, we, we gonna get out of here early. We gonna get out of here early. Really? Yeah, earlier than we usually do. We supposed to be out of here already. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, people have to eat. You know, people yeah, be hungry. Yeah. And, nah, that's all good. I like the hat. What's the hat? Oh man, you know, shout out to um. Oh. What happened? Oh yeah, show up. Yo, what's up with for all the side, like? You making me look bad, bro. How? They sending me emails like, yo, G-Money, where everybody stuff flip you acting funny. You got to stop. We a team player, bro. Get funny like me, bro. I can't be funny like you. Come I'm, on, I'm cool, man. So tell us about. Uh, oh, wait, hold on. First of all, let me. Yeah. <laughs> wait, I, wait. That's a new song. I had, I, had an, I, had, I had another one. You know what I'm saying? You heard the, the money. You heard that? The money flowing through. Yeah. That's the cash app. Like when it starts to go up, that's how it sounds. And then, then you hear this again. <coughs> you know what so what does that mean, G? That means that, you know, life is good, man. Shout out to um, shout out to uh, what we got here. Shout out to on the grind entertainment, man. You know what I'm saying? Uh, for the package, you know, appreciate y'all. You know, trap. You know, take uh, take risk and prosper. It's a good message. It's a good shirt. Good hat. Shout out to them. You know what I mean? Listen, it's up to you, man. I, I'm a team player. So, yo, are you a team player? I am a team player. Okay, so then. But why know. I gotta. Uh, I'm just saying. The offer's on the table, bro. So How when, you doing, though? You good? So when they ask you about Queen Flip and outfits, do they. What do you tell them? I say he's not interested. Really? You, you're, you're honest with them like that? I say, yo, right, I, you know, I, I'll wear the stuff, Queen's Flip. If you wanna hit him up, you can hit him up and see what you wanna do. But, you know, he's not really. You know, he he, he does his own thing. I appreciate That's that. That's why I say. So it's up to you. But if you want me to include you in that, in. in, in the packages I can, you know, they'll gladly send over some some extra. What size your three X? I'm excited about this next interview. Yes, you know uh, these guys were supposed to come up, you know, a while ago. We will get to that too. You'll talk about that. Yeah, we will talk about that. But G Money, yo, episode one, two, five. Yeah, no, we, we made it. Oh, oh. Was, yeah, was it? yeah, clean version. No, yeah, clean version. Clean, right. Because we don't want no flags. <laughs> no flags. <laughs> All right, clean. So we go, yeah, we made it. All right. You ready? All right, let's do it. Shake on it. You sure? Is it one ten though? Yeah. Snap. Damn, son. G Money. Yo. Episode one, two, five. Yeah, we made it. We got some special guests. Special guests. My man. My main, my main, man. Why you like him so much, man? You like this? I know I love you. Don't give me that. If you do that before. That's too much. Don't give it Out to them. the gate, he might get it. No, 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 no. It's two Out of them. Out the gate. Well, he looking like he might get it. Out the gate. <laughs> we got Mario Machente and Pirate Talik Pirata. There we go. Yeah. Round of applause, my brothers, man. Good job, that was, that was two different kind of names. I had you to get it. it. I had to get it together because you know, and I'm practicing. You practice already. Yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> How you guys doing? What's going on, y'all? Doing well, man. Thank you. Doing well, my brothers. Okay. Can't complain. Welcome to the platform. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. So thank you let's let's get right to it. You know, we we uh invite you guys to the show before. 
What what happened, fellas? Oh, what happened, man? man? Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Either one, either one's fine. I think we was um wasn't really in in line with the with the way we were seeing the interviews being conducted. Right. But later on down the line, we seen them get a little more tighter, a little more different. Mm -hmm. So you know, then yesterday we broke the ice a little bit, and we said, "All right, son, you know we could we could sit down and and, and put together, work it out." And you got and you guys are here today. We appreciate y'all, man. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. Being honest, you know what I'm saying. In other words, <laughs> hold on, you didn't get it. In other words, you felt that it was too much kiki keying. Yes, you didn't know. You know, I don't know why you try to be modest because you you know. Yeah, a little too much joking, a little too much playing around, and you know we felt that maybe we might come out here and and not you know really be in agreement with the way line of questioning might go. Understood, understood. But then we broke the ice yesterday. Right, we broke. The but ice you keep saying we, but it was really you, and then you evolved somebody else into it. Yes. <laughs> no, we because he was it was. He was down. We, we, we won. We won. We, we won. Man. We won the same thing. Since we were little kids, private Madam Machete. We, we checked won. with each other. When he was Talik and I was a little Mario. Right. So I followed him. He followed me. The same way y'all get down, we get down. Mm. Respect. And I appreciate That's the real. honesty. Right, G? That's real. Yeah. So behind the scenes, that. we always contact each other. Yo, what, what, what you think? And... You know, we yeah. work it out. We I respect the honesty. That's real good. This platform is yeah. not for everybody. You know what I'm Absolutely. saying? Some people come up here and that's not supposed to be here. Or, you know, same thing they shouldn't they shouldn't be saying. You know but, what I'm saying? Yeah, so absolutely. you got you to know yourself to know if you're able to come up here and, and talk your shit. You know what I'm saying? No, so definitely, I definitely. But as I said, uh, as I said yesterday, uh, and I want to reiterate that, uh, um, you guys are doing a, a, an outstanding job. And that's, you know, that's... You know, I don't want to be repetitious, but that's the truth. Thank you. You, um, you guys are doing well. You guys got a good sense of humor. You know, uh, 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 obviously, y'all been working together for years because you guys, you know, y'all got the format together. You know, you, you guys do well. Thank you know, you. And, and and again, um, you know, you guys are here for folks like us. You know what I'm saying? You know, sometimes we, we, need, we need a voice. We need a voice. And, and, and you guys are the ones that letting our voice be heard. Mm -hmm. You know, in, in our community and all over the world, you know, and I, like I told you yesterday, I'm gonna tell you again today. I know you guys are gonna be successful. So to me, it's an honor, you know, to be before you, brothers, man. You wow. know, I appreciate and you guys are being more wow. serious now, you know, from what we've been seeing, because that's the thing. We serious. I'm a serious person, man. He's pretty <laughs> serious too, and especially if we talking about our life. You yeah, interview something that you know we take serious, and especially when we're gonna speak about it in, in public. You know, so we wanna be addressed. As such, you know, right. according, yeah. according, that's all. Yeah, but that's that's all we asking for, you know, it's a time to joke and a time to be serious. And I think, uh, I mean, we uh, could joke a little. You don't gotta be that serious. Uh, yeah, you know, like I told you, I was honest I, with you. I, I, well, like I, 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 before you said that, like I was honest with you. Mm -hmm. I, I I like you, but G Money's my boy. Yeah, I'm gonna let y'all finish, but I'm just saying, you know, it's wherever the stones fall, they fall. Absolutely, man. <laughs> the you know chips fall where they may. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But mm -hmm. but you see, you can't you can't slip over chips. You can slip over stones. So, so if I put the stones there and I slip, then let me slip and fall. Absolutely. He going to help me up. Right, G? That was good, go. Yeah, but, you know, I got, I got you speaking of it. Because you see this guy right here, man. <laughs> you this you. guy, man. And this guy, too. Who, me? Nah, I'm yeah. a good guy, man. I had a great conversation with you on the phone last night. I appreciate you know that. I, mean? I was selling the brothers, man. I salute you for yeah, that. Yeah, I thank you, A lot you, of man. respect for both of you. Thank you. You know what I mean? Because you guys that, are honest. Man. The honesty is what I, is what I yeah, like. Man. You know, as a man, you could take you could get agitated but you have no choice to respect it, especially how the message is delivered. Absolutely. You, you know, a lot of people, my ego, I used to have a big ego, but my ego is stripped dealing, meeting you guys, all you guys, I, you know, Absolutely. because what you guys been through, I couldn't fathom going through that now at my stage, 
due to the fact of such a route that I'm going with my kids and stuff. I couldn't imagine, right. you know, being a part of my family and being a part of that. I mean, I did what I did. You know what I'm saying? I've been through a lot, you know what I mean? But not as much as course, you guys. Course, you know what I mean? And, and like, even when I got stabbed or shot and all the stuff that I've been through. Jaw broken. Jaw broken. <laughs> I put myself in those positions. You know what I mean? Right. I, my mom was dead. Not saying my mom wasn't dead, but I put myself in these positions because I was trying to emulate something that I had no business emulating. You know what I mean? So that's why I respect y'all. Understand. You know what I mean? Appreciate it. That's dope. So when did you two guys meet um, back in the days? Uh, When did y'all first meet? 81, 82, uh, C-74. And um, we ran around there a few months at a time, going in and out. He's from Bushwick. I'm from Fort Greene, so he's right up the street, up Myrtle Avenue. But we were, um, yeah, on on a regular running to each other on Rikers Island. It wasn't C-74, it was C-76. Back and forth a few times, so you know. Oh, see, y'all, y'all been in jail for the first time, not not at home. Yo, we met in the prison first. We met in Rikers Island. Right. Yeah, and then we actually didn't see. And he always brings it up. We actually didn't see each other in the street until last year. Wow. From meeting when we was 15, 16 years old, 16, wow. 17 years old, Rikers Island in the 80s. First time we was free together was last year at my wife's birthday party. We threw up here in the Bronx hmm. in the Club Olivia's. And it's the first time I was like, "Yo, you gotta come," you know, because we, we I left them in Attica '93. That's the last time we seen each other, Attica '93. So to 2018, that's 25 years, hmm. and we always, you know, send messages to each other throughout the years through people, and um, we ran into people that, "Yo, I ran into your brother, I ran into your cousin," because we used to always say that. Hmm. I say, "Yo, Mary's my cousin. Yo, Tali's my cousin. My brother. You know, depending where he was at." Right, right. And everybody's, "Oh, y'all saw your brother, I saw your cousin," but and then. When he came up that, when he wound up in Attica 93, he was like, oh man, finally, because it had been a lot of years since we didn't see each other. Mm-hmm. And then I left there first. I think I went down to Fishkill, and um, he stood behind. So, And then when he came home, I got in contact with him. But then I left to Florida, we lost contact. And then on Instagram, we reconnected. And I came back to New York, the party was going on. And I said, you can't miss it. And he was like, nah, I'm definitely coming up to see you. So, yeah, it was, it was a good uh, um, reunion, man, we, we put together. And we, we've been brothers. Ever since, man. So that's dope. Yeah, uh, pretty much. Yeah, as you were saying, you know, yeah, we go back since we was we was kids. Um, like, uh, unfortunately, man, we, we we were raised in prison. That's that's the rapport that him and I have. We never, uh, like, again, until 2018, we never seen each other in society. Every time we ran into each other was when we were incarcerated in prison. Right, because I don't see 74, see 76, you know. Uh, whether BACM, Sierra Five, Brooklyn House, or right. or, or c- crossing path through you know through the courts and shit when you go to court, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. it was always in and out of the prison system. The in and out of the prison system, we never seen each other in society. If I'm home, he's in prison. If he's home, I'm in prison. So it was wow. always you know in the system, you know. That's and real quick, before I get to you know, we're gonna start with, with Mario or Mario. Mario, Mario, same thing. Same thing. We're gonna start with you with, 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 with the history, but you guys, you guys also came here today because of the co-sign from. Our fellow, uh, you know, our, our, our recent guest. Uh, well, <laughs> let, let, I like to address that because he called us <laughs> when we got here. Peter Shoe, man. Shouts to um, him. Shout man, to Peter Shoe. Tremendous. I have tremendous love and respect for Peter Shoe, man. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and uh, Peter Shoe's a great guy, man. You know, he's he's gotten older, man. He's very humble as, as you see him, man. Right. He's just a man's man. And um, uh, when I when I when I moved to the Bronx, I moved to the Bronx because Pirate actually. Forced me to move to the Bronx. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that's being realistic. He always get out of Brooklyn, get out of Brooklyn. You know, I need you in the Bronx. I've been in the Bronx all these years, coming to the Bronx. So when I came to the Bronx, you know, uh, I met Peter Shue at his party. Private um, invited me 
to his party. And Peter Shoe's birthday party. Yeah, it was his birthday Island. party in City Island last year. And <clears throat> that's when I met Peter Shoe and, you know, we connected. And uh, mm. I, I could honestly say, you know, and, and I didn't go based on what I read. I, I went based on his his character and and, and his conduct Person towards me, his personality. Right. Um, and I, I learned that he's a man. So we built a good rapport. And, and, and while we built a good rapport, man, you know, I... Uh, I learned to respect him and love him for the man that he is. And I'm here today as well as private because he gave you both his words right here before us. Like, right. he put his word on us. We didn't put right. our word. He said, <laughs> he, they going to be here. Because right. Queen Flip had an issue with that because, um, you know, we was ducking certain things. And once Peter Shoe put his word, we couldn't, we couldn't, and plus you know, he, turn it he down. Made, we couldn't turn it down. He wasn't taking no for an answer for, from us um accompanying him yesterday to his interview. Mm. We were like, nah, that's your interview. And we were like, nah, absolutely not. We're a team, we run as a team, we gotta go together. Yeah, that's a fact. That's so, real. So we was like, all right, we're going down. You know, we always gotta show support. <clears throat> and here, before they said, first of all, you're squeezing the bottles. I know you're nervous, you're making noise on the oh, mic. Oh, I ain't nervous, I'm having a shitty. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, in here, when he told me it was 12 people outside, mm. it was 10 at first, I said, to, I called my assistant. I said, what in the world is going on? Then I was walking back and forth in like this. I said, yo, y'all go downstairs. I'm going to tell her I'm not doing this joint. I'm not doing no interview. They're making it seem like, you know, that they could just come here and do whatever they want. We don't do that like that. Mm -hmm. It's respect. Why they didn't tell me? And then Ebot came in. He was talking to me like, man, Flip, come on, man. I'm like, nah. I'm gonna... I said, but wait for G-Money to come. If G-Money say he's not with it, I'm out. So Ebot came. And he was like, yo, first of all, he said that there's guy, two guys out there. I said, oh, two guys. He said, uh, Mario, Mario Machete. I said, what? He's out there. Yeah. He said, and, said, and then, and then, um, somebody told me that Pirate was out there. I said, "What?" I said, "Oh <laughs> man!" And then G Money came, and G Money like, "Come on, we can make it happen." No, G Money came and told me first. He told me about Mario being out there. I'm like, "Ah." Oh. I said, "Mario didn't even want to do the interview." He didn't tell you had the special guest, right? And then, <laughs> and then G Money was like, "Yo," and then I saw, I said, "Pirate out there, word." And my, it broke down. I'm like, man, because I heard so much good things about both of you guys. Thank you. You know what I mean? From, from 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 people that I really hold into high regards. Mm. So B, B.O. and Killer Cav. And then you, my man, Bino, and people, fans been telling me, yo, 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 and people yeah, that know you. Yeah, yo, go to Queens. And then, and, then, and then it just it's just like, you know, I, I said, yo, it's my opportunity to get at them. <laughs> Because they didn't come up on here, and we did a lot of research. Even you said that you followed it in the email, right? Yeah, I had to find the links in the email, yeah. Yeah, yeah G. That yeah. was dope. Yo, so um, you know, you guys are here. We appreciate y'all coming out. You know what I'm Thank saying? You, uh, you, I think it's gonna be a classic. So let's let's start with my man Mario. You know, uh, tell us tell us where you're from. Born and raised in Brooklyn. I, I'm a Brooklyn boy. Uh, my family come from a, a town called Santuse in Puerto Rico. Um, mm -hmm. Mario Vero. You know, my, my dad and my moms. They 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 were uh, when my mom passed away. God bless the dead. That you know, they, they they were hicks. My dad is still alive. He's 81. Um, he doesn't speak no English. He just know how to curse you out. <laughs> you know, in English, but he doesn't speak no English, and you know we come from uh from like from Santusema, and and then we we also come from you know we have family in a, in a town called Ponce. You know, uh, my great grandfather was uh, as we say in, in Spanish Ponceño. He was from Ponce, Puerto Rico. You know, I'm I'm raised in Bushwick. I'm a I'm a I'm, you know Brooklyn boy. I'm I'm from you know I'm, I'm a Knickerbocker boy. Mm -hmm. you know, I'm raised in Bushwick. Uh, you know, my family was from uh, the barrio. You know, I had a lot of family in the Barrio and some in the Bronx, but we, we were mainly in, in Brooklyn. You know, mm -hmm. that's where, uh, you know, my siblings from, uh, you know, it was 10 of us, two of them passed away. Oh, wow. You know, yeah, my brother, my sister, uh, Dottie, and my sister, Julie, passed away since I've been home. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, but, um, 
yeah, I, you know, I'm I'm pretty much a, I'm I'm pretty much a Brooklyn boy who now like pirate lives in the Bronx, you know. Okay. And stuff, you know, but I'm from Brooklyn. What was the vibe in Brooklyn back back in the times? Like, what was it? What was a daily routine for you? Like, what, what was the vibe in Brooklyn for you that time? You know, growing up as a kid, um, you know, uh, my, my father uh, always installed in us a, a great baseball player. You know, for black folks, it was Jackie Robinson. Mm -hmm. For us, it was uh, Roberto Clemente. You know, Roberto Clemente. Most, if you look at most of my pictures on Instagram, I have practically all his shirts and hats because uh, my my father yeah. made sure yeah. that we knew who Roberto Clemente was. And Did shit. you play? Yeah, who me? Yeah, I play ball. I play. Uh, I play baseball. In fact, I ripped my muscle playing ball while I was in prison. Wow. Uh, I ripped my triceps. Uh, uh, I played ball, but I was I was uh, I was I, I didn't hustle on my feet fast enough. You know, to 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 make my father's team. You know, so I was mm -hmm. I was a bad boy. So from that, you know, I I, I got into uh, boxing. You know, okay. that was my 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 second sport. You know, because I was always you know getting caught up in the streets fighting. So I got into the boxing. Um, you know, uh, obviously I didn't do well in that as well. You know, but I was you know I, I went to the same gym with uh with Mark Breland. I was trained by a guy named Willie and Freddie. You know, under the leadership of, of George Washington, I gave. Uh, Bevis Stuyvesant and Boxing Association gym on Quincy between Gates, I mean, on Sunday between Gates and Quincy. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I got into the boxing and then, uh, uh, you, know, you know, my brother was like uh, very well known in society. You know, my brother Dottie, he was like a street street guy, you know. So, um, you know, I, as a young man, you want to follow your brother. Right. You know, and, um, you know, not, you know, God bless you. Then I'd say he was the baddest apple at that time, you know, uh, um, when you when you were a fighter as a as a young man back in my days, I'm gonna be 55. When you were a fighter, when you were, you know, when you were a, a, a troublemaker, you know, women like that back then. You know, that that's what mm. you know. Today you have to have jewelry and all that to get the women. That's <laughs> why I bought that's why I bought all my jewelry. You know, and shit. You know, be realistic. Back then, back then, you know, if you fought, you know. You got right. the little reputation. Women gravitate to you, you know. And if you dance, I, you know, I used to, you know, I, I dance. I was, a, I was a, a dance. I was a little day rocker. Then became a dynasty rocker uh, as a young I, man. I saw, I saw a video. I saw a couple of you. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, saw yeah. a couple of you a couple of years ago. Still, still, uh, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah, I dance. I dance a little. Uh, still rocking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, that was like that was uh, my thing. But then uh, a good friend of mine, or uh, actually my brother's friend, who became like a mentor to me, uh, by the name of Jose Medina Hound Dog. He came home, and this was the guy who had my neighborhood on lockdown. He, you know, he, he was what we call Bushwick, a hound dog. You know, mm -hmm. and uh, I wanted to be like him. Old school, you man. know, as a kid, I, I wanted to be like him, and uh, you know, that's when my life changed. You know, what I mean, I started making poor choices. Now I'm getting caught up. I'm getting locked up. I'm getting in trouble. You know, uh, and uh, that's pretty much you know where where my life started uh, until you know. Uh, I took a big hit for something I didn't do and went away. Right. You know, but unfortunately, I made, I made poor choices in life. You know, I'm ashamed of some of them, you mm. know, to be, to be quite frank with you. I'm ashamed of some of them. And, you know, now my, my transition is, you know, to, to into society is different. Now, I, I, my thought process is different from back then. You right. Know? It, it took that big four to become the man I am today. So, real quick, speak about um the, the, the dude Dave. He, he seemed to be real... real um inspirational in your life as well when you were younger when you was dancing like speak about his influence on uh, Little Dave Rocker was a, he was a, he was actually a boxer as well okay you know Little Dave I, I see him often time I see him in the neighborhood he's, he's on the borderline of Bushwick and Ridgewood Queens and Little Dave was the guy that when we was kids you know uh, he, he, he was he was 
wanted to keep us out of the streets because he knew that the streets was wild. And, you know, he'd never been incarcerated. You know, he never did no time. This is, this is the guy that, you know, his thing was dancing. So, you know, he made a crew, a rock crew called the Little Day Rockers. And, you know, he, he snatched us up. And that was his way of, that was like his way of keeping us away from, you know, the negative people. Right. But, you know, uh, uh, sometimes you make, you know, you, you see things different in life. At the beginning, it was all good. But, you know, when you, as you're getting older, you, you know, you're making the poor choices now, the, the bad decisions. So little Dave was getting pushed to the side, and now I'm glorifying Hound Dog because this is the guy who's actually running the neighborhood. So now I'm getting caught up in things that I shouldn't be getting caught up in. Right. You know, I think had I stuck with little Dave as a young man, I probably would never have been in prison, you know, but I didn't. I, you know, I... uh. I went the other way, man, and and, and 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 I made poor choices, and you know I became a, a problematic person, a, a a problem child at a young age, you know. Real quick, <clears throat> what dances you know how to do? Oh man, <laughs> queen flip, man. I, you know, I ain't got it in me right now. You know what I'm saying? No, I don't want you to do that. What dance? What dance I do now? I'll give you a little bachata. I'll give you some salsa. You know, I got a little something in me now. Don't don't you start nothing. So because G Money did tell me that um you were he, he was. He respected the fact that you know you were in the dancing. You were very much in the dancing. So the thing is, is you speak fast, so I have to slow you down a little bit. Let's get oh, the train well, back. Puerto Rico. Um, yeah. So little Dave is a. Da How did he approach you about dancing with him? Well, How well, did that happen? Do you remember that day? No, nah, I got. Uh, okay, I, mean, I don't remember what I had for lunch, and I just ate, man. And you asked me about how I remember Little Dave. Are you kidding me? But, uh, you know, how I met Little Dave, you know, he was very well known in my neighborhood. You know, uh, they used to have, back in the days, they used to have the jams in the school parks or back in the schools and shit, you mm -hmm. know. Not the block party. These, these were the jams and the DJs would come out. The and, you know, jams, right? yeah, they're party jams. Party and you get jams, to yeah, meeting yeah. people. So Little Dave knew me as a young man, you know, because I, like I said, I was into sports. And, you know, I got into the boxing. He was into boxing. And, you know, uh, the name... Uh, I was ringing a bell. Back then, my name was not Mad Machete. Obviously, I was a skinny kid. It was Little Mario. So, you know, a little trouble making the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And Little Dave would want to grab the kids who names were ringing who was getting in trouble and put them all together. That's real. You know, he wanted to put you all together to keep you away from the street. So, Little Dave was, like, known for that. Little Dave was always, like, a humble dude. He was not no problematic person. Little Dave was about trying to keep the youth away from trouble. Respect. So, and that's how I, I met Little Dave. So, you know, I, you start yeah, going, you start meeting people. When you're in the dance, when you're dancing, when you you know rocking, whatever whatever dance you're doing, you meet people. When you go out to club, you meet people. Yeah. And you know, so, you know, that's how I had met Little Dave, and then we build a rapport, and from there, you know, he took me under the wing as a young man. And who did you live with in your house? Mom and dad, or only mom? Back then. Yeah. Now I always had both my parents. Thank God for that, man. Okay, and then tell us about <sighs> tell us about the type of parents you had. Oh man, uh, my, my parents, my, my father was a, a strict man. Um, you know, like I said, I come from, we're, 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 you know, we, they Puerto Rican. They straight, what we call in Puerto, in Puerto Rico, they hibados. Hibado, yeah. You know, hicks. You know what I'm saying? My, my parents, to this, my dad to this day, he doesn't speak English well. You know, he didn't adapt to society. And I'm going to be 55, he's been here a thousand years. And, you know, he still don't speak uh, like English. Boss. You know, he know how to tell you, That's so bad. my D. And son of my bitch, you know, instead of saying son of a bitch, you know, he know how to say so my dick, you know, suck my dick, you know, you know, you know, little words, you know, 
But they, you know, they, he was a hick. He's a hick. My dad was a, he is a hick, you know. He, and, he's still uh, true to that. Yeah, he's still true mm-hmm. to that, you know. And so, I, you know, my dad was, a, my dad worked in factories, you know. And my mom's, you know, um, you know, fortunately, she, she, she was not very well educated because she didn't speak English. So she was on warfare. You know, so this, this, you know, I, I came from a poor family. I came from the the you said, war, you said warfare. Well, yeah, she was on warfare. You, you know, war or welfare. Welfare. Okay, welfare. I thought, I thought yeah, you were trying no. to say some. No, not warfare. My mother, my okay. mother, my mother. Now, nah, violence was not even. Both my parents. My father don't even know what a preacher looked like. You know, you know, being realistic. You know, yeah. I come from great parents. You know, mm. uh, unfortunately, I, you know, I, I, I uh, the, the the streets, like, um, you know, it, it, it's it, it promotes and sells. The inappropriate thing for youth at that time. That's true. You see what I'm saying? So what your parents said really didn't mean much. You you steered it the other way. But I, I like I, I love my parents. My parents were great parents. That you know I never went went a day you know without eating. Whether it was rice, you know uh, I don't know if you guys ever been through this, but I've been through rice and ketchup and it tastes good. <laughs> you know I still try here and there because you know just to remember remind myself where I came from. Right. You know, but no, my parents was always uh, my father was a hardworking man. You know, my mother. Like she, she was on welfare, you know, but you know, uh, I always had good parents. You know, I grew up with all my siblings. You know, uh, I how come many? from uh, how many siblings? Huh? How many siblings? Uh, it, it's it was ten of us. Now it's, it's it's eight of us. You know, and uh, I don't know if you guys been around uh, Hispanic people, but you know, um, I'm not ashamed to say it. I, you know, I come from a dysfunctional uh, family. You know, Hispanic people, man. You know, Latin culture. You know, like we, you know, my family. Well, you know, that was unfortunate. It was very dysfunctional. You know, uh, uh, I guess, I guess, uh, it's the Hispanic, uh, the Latin machismo. You know, and so we were always colliding with one another because, you know, the, the 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 hot Latin blood brings about problems. You know, so, you know, it, they were very dysfunctional. But do I love my family? Of course I do. But you know, I, yeah, I came from a dysfunctional family, but I love them all, man. All right, so we're, we're gonna shift gears real quick. You know. Appreciate the no intro. My man Pirate's here. What's going on? How you feeling? What's up? What's up? I'm good. I'm good. Comfortable over there? You good? Talking to yeah. Mike Pirate. Pull, close, pull <laughs> a little closer to you. Yeah. All right. There you go. Right there? Yeah, you good. Tell us your story real quick, man. Tell us, you know, were you, were you born and raised and, you know? Yeah, so like 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 him, my parents came from Puerto Rico, too. Mm-hmm. My moms and pops came from the same um, pueblo, the same town in Puerto Rico, okay. um, Arroyo. So a lot of parents that's from Puerto Rico. Um, a lot of people that got parents from Puerto Rico, they're usually from two different pueblos. They, they be like, my mom's from Mayagüez, and my father's from Patia, stuff like that. But my parents came from the same town, so their families knew each other. Oh, wow. So they met actually over here because <coughs> my mom was staying with some family that was close with his fam- my pop's family that was out here. So then when he came, you know, they was around each other. And then they oh, you're from Arroyo. So, um, and then when they got their first apartment was in Williamsburg, which was where I was born. We was there for like a year. On Bedford Avenue, okay. I was born in Greenpoint Hospital in Brooklyn, and I guess my mom's had put in. She tells us for for projects back then, and they called her when I was a year old, and that's when we moved to uh, to Four Green to the projects. When it used to be called Four Green Projects, now it's divided and called uh, Ingersoll one side and the other two sides Walt Whitman. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, and then from there, my my first language was was Spanish. I didn't know that till recently. My mother said, "You guys didn't go to school talking English." Wow. So I'm like, oh, wow, it makes sense. She said, your father didn't talk English, so your first language was Spanish. Y'all learn English every day, coming back with new words from school. So me and my sister was like, what? Because we never asked her something that, you know, really you know, came to our, to, to our mind to ask. Mm. But uh, so, yeah, 
And then from there, um, we stood there till like 2001. So um, my father, like his father, was a hardworking man, and so was my mom's. You know, my mom's did a lot of factory work, seamstress. My father worked in the Brooklyn Navy Yard, which they gentrified now, and they got all kinds of things in there. Right. They used to build boats, ships back then. There's a company called Sea Train, and my father worked in Sea Train. He used to come every day with the helmets, with the S on it, and with pictures of, you know, them finishing the boat. He was a welder. Mm. He took welding, and that's what he did. But he also played um, uh, salsa music on the weekends. So I, on, on, on my Instagram page, you'll see some pictures of me and him on because he used to take me with him sometimes. He, he always had a band. He started off in a band, and then he created his own bands throughout the years. Mm. He had two or three different ones. They used to rehearse throughout the week, and then every Friday and Saturday, he was playing somewhere all over the city. Wow. Manhattan, the Broadway Chateau in Brooklyn, up in the Bronx. That's how he learned the Bronx before I, I got up there. When I started going up there, he said, oh, he was over here, over there, because he, you know, he used to run around there. When there was no GPS, he just had the papers written, the, the, the address written on the, on the paper, mm-hmm. and then, you know, find his way there, getting lost, leave two, three hours early, because he said he used to always get lost in the Bronx back then. So, yeah, he did that to bring in extra money on the weekends. You know, oh. Friday, get paid Friday and Saturday, or both days for, for playing the side side. <coughs> some, some gigs were big, you know, um, weddings, uh, baptisms, stuff like that, where right. they used to pay him and the, um, and the band well, and he... He's the one who who used to get the cash and, and pay everybody else because the band was was his. So what we did learned he a little. Play in the band, huh? What, what what instrument did he play in the band? He was a uh, percussionist, timbales. Okay. If you see on my Instagram, there's a picture of him playing the timbales, and I'm right there with the maracas. I'm mm. probably about 10, 11 years old on the stage with a suit. So we grew up, you know, in salsa music with that. And um, he he knew all the big salsa greats. You know, he played alongside them. Wow. And, you know. He, he, uh, um, he learned a few things from them, and a lot of places he played, they would open up, you know what I'm saying, for the bigger, for the bigger names and stuff like that. And um, So we grew up around that salsa music all the time, listening to it, even though we, we grew up in Fort Greene, which is predominantly black, but right. we always kept that Puerto Rican culture within our household and always speaking Spanish, which is why I, you know, I speak, well, uh, speak Spanish well. But also going back and forth to Puerto Rico as a child, my mom sent me quite a few times, you know, getting mm-hmm. in trouble, you see a lot of pictures. You know, dozen pictures, people be like, damn, how you got so many pictures of Puerto Rico? You, you lived there? I said, well, I was set over there a lot, you know, getting in trouble in the projects early. So my mom sent me for a year, six months, one time, two years, and I went to school out there even wow. in junior high school. So, um, yes, and then, you know, my mom's always in church in the projects. You know, they got a church in Fort Greene projects. You know, a lot of people don't know that. Like, Fort Greene is one of the biggest, I used to think it was the biggest housing complex in the city. I read that somewhere, and it turned out it was Queensbridge. <coughs> I guess by apartment numbers, but the Fort Greene complex is, is a large, a, a large um, project, you know, area. They got a church, a school, a hospital was in it, Cumberland Hospital. A lot of people from Brooklyn used to go there, you know, trauma victims, getting shot. My brother was born there, you know, so um, it was pretty big. It was a whole big city in itself. And the church inside there, my mom's, you know, was a devout follower of that Catholic church and my pops. And he used to play in the church, too. And when Tito Nieves, the big salsa singer, he came through there, him and my pops used to play together in the church before he made it big. So I know him and his family because that's where he's from. He's from Fort Greene. But, uh, yeah, so, you know, then um, you know, I had my brother that was four years younger than me, Lex, that's, that's in that book with me with the sheepskins. And I had my older sister, and then my younger sister came later, you know. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I had my cousins coming back and forth sometimes. They'll stay with us, and we'll go over there and stay with them. And, you know, just... Uh, my, and just getting getting um 
raising up in the projects on Myrtle Avenue and Prince Street. You know, there, there was a lot of um, uh, uh, to, to, to get into back then if you wasn't smart. You know what I'm saying? Myrtle Avenue, if anybody know, you know, 60s, 70s when I was coming up, mm. was a wild uh, strip, you know, from Prince Street all the way up to Broadway, you know, which covers a lot of other projects, Marcy and Tompkins and all that. But yeah, we grew up there, you know, one of the few Puerto Rican families on, on the first side, you know, and then um, uh, me and my brother, you know, we started off young, you know, in the streets, you know, much like him, we was in the cadets, you know, trying to do the right thing, getting into positive things, but, right. you know, sooner or later that started getting boring. You know, the cadets was good for a while and kept you out of trouble, you know, cadet meetings, shine your boots and, you know, the little drill team. But after a while, you see the other kids running around the projects, you know, doing stuff that kind of seems more fun than, you know, the the, the boring uh, routine you're doing in the cadets. And right. once you get into junior high school, and the junior high school I went to, you know, was like um, the breeding grounds for for the 5% nation back then. Mm. You know, I was saying junior high school, anybody from Brooklyn or that part of uh, Brooklyn, downtown area of Fort Greene and went to the Sands, uh, they'll tell you that's where a lot of people, you know, be, got knowledge itself and became, you know, five percenters. That's where I, I became five percenter at like at the age of 12, in the seventh grade. Uh -huh. And I got my, my attribute, Talik Devine, at, at that time. You know, everybody was five percent at that time. And, you know, the rallies in the summer, the Fort Greene, uh, the, the five percent rallies are held still in Fort Greene Park during the summer. Mm. In the winter, they're on 125th, but in the summer, they're in Fort Greene Park. So, you know, everybody had a... a uh, 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 Islamic attribute at that time. Puerto Ricans, blacks didn't matter. Mm. You know, females and males. You know, that's that's, that's what everybody was into. So, so your real name not Talik? No, my real name is Alejandro. Oh, you thought it was a real name? Nah, it's not Talik. <laughs> <laughs> nah, <laughs> I'm named after. I'm named after. Yeah, like the song uh, of uh, yo, yo. Lady Gaga. Alejandro. Lady Gaga song, yeah. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Why, well, I man? Everybody relax. Go in the corner, real quick, man. Just, nah, just, man. What? Take your time, yeah, take yeah. time, brother. Fuck. Oh, you didn't know you thought you it was Talik. Alejandro. Alejandro. Yeah, I'm named after Yo, my pops. I'm Junior. Why you tell me? Alejandro Cintron. Yeah, you could have told you that. You ain't asked. Alejandro Cintron. Where we go back to his kids? Mario Enrique Perez. Alejandro Cintron. Yeah. We know Yo, each other from you day one. You changed your name like that. <laughs> Hold on, so so. Real quick, pardon me. Let me ask you about: Do your parents end up calling you Talik at all, or they still call you Ali? No, yeah, do they, do they yeah. know it's Talik at all? Of course, my mom used to fight with people. They used to call me Talik. Hey, no Talik here. Yeah. <laughs> Boom! Hang up my pops too. For years, they hated it. We ain't named you that. <laughs> but my brothers and sisters call me Talik. Mm. Or yeah, because from back then, so many people, you know, started calling me that. Quit, and I got pretty known in the streets. So, but, 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 I didn't mean to cut you off. So. Who gave, tell us the day that you got the name Talik or, or, or around the, the, the time period. Like, what do you remember from that when, when they dubbed you the name Talik? That was when I used to um, meet up with the guards and the five percenters at, at the school or sometimes in the hallway in the projects mm -hmm. after school to go pick up lessons. And, you know, like the first week or two, we were going through a few names. You know, they had the list of names and, yo, you know, what name you're going to pick or I'm going to pick one for you. And then, you know, we went through a few names and then I, I landed on Talik because I hadn't heard it yet at that time. Now, you know, you hear it a little bit here and there. There, were, yeah. there were names like Raleigh and stuff like that, but I chose Talik, and then, um, yeah, it stuck kind of quick because I was already, you know, ripping and running out in the street, and people took to it quick. And my brother and sister did too, and then after that was a rap. Ripping and running. What does ripping and running mean? You know, doing stuff I was supposed to be doing at that age, <laughs> running around the projects. 
you know, trying to make a dollar. You know, like he said, I come from a, from a, um, you know, we're not from a family of any you know, significant means or a wealthy family. And even though moms and pops always work and provided, you know, good enough for us, sometimes they ain't have, you know, to get us the things that other stuff we wanted. You know, the Adidas were coming out, the Pumas, the Nikes, the Kangol hats. You know, everything that, that, that you see them coming in the fashion and other brothers getting, you know, moms and pops can't get it. It was four of us. You know, mm -hmm. I'll get it next month. You know, let me see how I'm going to figure. I got to, you know, squeeze it into the budget because I'll get you one. I got to get your brother one. And, you know, so, you, you know, you can't wait a month, can't, man. Can't wait that long. I need it this week, man. When I, when, before I go to school Monday, I need it. You know, <laughs> I can't go back to school unless I have that on. That's a fact. So now we're in, we, we in the streets and everybody, yo, yo, I know how to get money doing this and that. And I start catching on. I was like, all right, that's how I'm going to do it. And then I started going out there, you know, getting my little jewelry and selling it, doing my little robberies and, you know, things I had to do. Before we get into that, um, Mario. Mario. So, dancing, hound dog, right? Oh. And then, when did you first start to get into the street life? What, was, what were you doing in the streets? Uh, again, you know, uh, like I said, I was, you know, my dad had a, it's a funny story, this is a true story, my, my dad had a team called Santuse, and, you know, I was, I was, I was obviously the bat boy, uh, my yeah, baseball game was, yeah, yeah, that was my dad's team, so he had a team named Santuse, right, and uh, they played 20 games, man, this is a true story, Flip, I don't want you to laugh, man, my <laughs> father's still alive, I'll bring him up here too, man, I'm <laughs> telling you, man, so listen to the story, it's right. true, they played 20 games, and they only won one game out of the 20 games. <laughs> Why you fed me? Why you? <laughs> you think I'm joking? It's a true story. Why they only won one game. And you know what? Why you prepared me to come on, man? You put me to laugh. I was gonna laugh, bro. Yo, man, that's my posture you're talking about, man. You, you, you wanna get fucked up? <laughs> nah, I don't. Why you said? Yo, check this out. They won one game. And the only reason why they won that game it was the East New York. That's where East New York had the airplane. It was the East New York Aviation High School. It was in uh, Fountain and Atlantic. Okay. Oh, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. That yeah, yeah. was it. My uncle, my uncle used to play ball there, Guillermo de los Santos. And, uh, and uh, my, 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 my dad, the only reason why they won that game was because the team never showed up, so they won by forfeit. Oh, damn. <laughs> wow. True story. I thought you were gonna say because you played that one game. Hell, man, I ain't never. I, I had bad friends. Still too young. So, 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 um, you know, they won. They won that one game. It was they was the happiest team in the world. They won by forfeit. So, you know, so out of twenty games, they, they won one. You know, and then the, the team got shut down. You know, so I tried playing baseball, but I had a friend of mine who's like my real brother. I named my my second oldest son after him. My my son Andrew. They call him Showtime. Uh, a friend of mine by the name of Andrew Morero, Bebop. Uh, we used to play ball together, but yeah, he was a better ball player than me. So mm. again, you know, he they put him on second base, and I didn't even I I, I wish I was a bench warmer. They didn't even I, I didn't even become a bench warmer. They just got rid of me. Mm. You know, so like sports was not my thing. That I said I went into the to the boxing and all that, and you know the dancing. Real quick, Mario, and, not to cut you off. So did, did that cause any conflict between you and your, and your dad when you know you're not? No, no, no. I was a kid, man. My my, my my dad was four foot eleven, but he hit like he was six foot two. Mm. So you know, I, I whatever dad said is gotcha. what it is, man. Gotcha. And you know, <laughs> that's dad, man. My, you know, I, I I I knew how to respect my parents, and and if I didn't know how to respect, my father's gonna make sure he knew how to make me respect my parents. Mm. So you know, my pops didn't play. Now my father, uh, yeah, he knew how to let the, them hands go asap. Two point five seconds. Mm. You know, he was he's four eleven, but it was like he was six foot two, you know. And said he knew how to hit somebody, 
you know. So, you know, then, you know, I, I got into the streets and, you know, uh, like the sports and stuff didn't work, the dancing didn't work. And then, you know, I got into the proms, you know, just like Talik, you know, I, I, you know, the hand-me-down, man. Um, back in the 80s, man, uh, the sheepskins was out. If you notice, I, you know, I got a few, about six pairs. I always have a pair of Cazelles. And mm. you was talking about my glasses. We're going to talk about this later on, though. And, you know, uh, this was the things back in the days. Cazelles, yeah. Cazelles was the things. You know, my kids all wear it, man. It made me feel good because they, they represented me, you know. Mm -hmm. You know, like everybody know, you know, um, your dad is your first hero. So they don't have to admit it, but I know I was their first hero, you know, being realistic, you know. That shit. Oh, yeah, uh, you know. have to admit it, right? Yeah, yeah, but you know, they 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 ain't they, 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 they so they But you know, so you know, I wanted my Cazelles when I was back in the days. We look at pictures of me. I got Cazelles every time. You know, some money too, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted my I wanted my sneakers. You know, I wanted my sheepskin. So I came from poor family, and I knew that around the corner, uh, Tito had a pair of Cazelles, and you know, I didn't think he deserved to have them at the time. So you know, you know, unfortunately, Tito had a you know, let me use his Cazelles and. He never that, got them back. You, you use know? his gazelles, right? Yeah, so yeah. Uh, hold up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. uh, slick. <laughs> so one day, uh, you're in the house and you want some gazelles, Yes, absolutely. You were walking home from home or whatever. And you know that Tito around the corner has some gazelles, Yes, absolutely. So, what made you make the decision to take Tito's gazelles? That was a high back in the days, man. That was like a high, like when um, when 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 you was known for fighting and, and robbing people, it, it's like you establishing your kingdom, you building a name for yourself, you know. Uh, this dude get down, that dude get down. Everybody knew who was tough and who was a sucker. Everybody knew who robbed. Everybody knew who got money. Everybody knew who burglarized. Um, I was I was never I was never a good burglarizer, like my friend uh, Dopey. They call him Dopey. They they raised. You know, I was I was not as brother money Mike. God bless his day. I was I was more into I knew how to punch a person in the face and and you know take something. I was too much of a coward to go into somebody's window, you know, and burglarize. I was I was a coward for that, but I was not a coward to approach somebody and uh, and you know uh, take a chance to take something from them, not knowing that I was putting my life in danger at that time. You know, I was ignorant. Did did you did Tito? You remember how you took the glasses? You took it off his face. You know what I mean? I'm yeah, just saying. He, 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 there's many ways to take this. You know. No, that, no. Man. Did you know? No, no, no. no, no I don't remember. I'm using Tito as an example. You know uh, what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so, so you know, sometimes it's let me borrow them, and you know they got lost. And then when Tito came back to get listen, they got lost. And and if he didn't set them, then we fought for them. You know, and that's it. You know, oh. they got lost. Or there was time where you know in the in the in the in the, eight, in the 70s and eighties, if you remember when the Cazelles and the Sheepskin was out, a lot of people and the, and, the, and the Goose out, a lot of people was getting robbed. You know that's what it was. So you know, um, sometimes you have had to use certain um, instrument to let Tito know that you meant you want those glasses or you want that sheepskin. Cause my mother ain't had no money for no goddamn sheepskin. You know, mm. being realistic, I know my mother didn't. We barely had money for food. So when I bring it to the house, my parents were like, "Where you get that from?" Oh, and I use it. You know, I'm just using Talik as an example. Oh, Talik, let me borrow it. Hmm. But in all reality, you took them from. A person like Tito. You damn skip it. But I just wanted to know, I mean, was it strong arm? Was it, you know, I just wanted to know. It was, it was, it was, it was. Uh, was weapons involved at the time? Uh, it was problem. It was, it was, it was things, things was taking place. Uh, you know, things were taking place, man. Mm, so you think that, because you know, you told me that you know how to dance around answers. 
Yes. I, I, so used, this, this, I, used, this, I used to dance. <laughs> so this is what you think you're doing. Little Dave Rock. Uh, because, yeah. I mean, in my opinion, you know, in all due respect, I remember you, you know, you asked to borrow them and then you didn't give them back. Yeah. But then that's different from taking them for somebody, right? No? Yeah, not a different. Same thing as taking them, you know. When you borrow something, you take it, you know. Something that you don't give back that's not yours is taken. Mm. That's being realistic. Something that you don't give back is taken. And and and, and unfortunately, I, I like made I, yeah, I made them poor choices. Mm-hmm. But that's that was the that was what we called the wave back then. That's, that, that's what it was, man. That's how that's you know, had to move. If you if you if you if you had no business wearing, you know, if you wearing a chain, you better be somebody to wear that chain. If you was not nobody, you. You know, before uh, Tali take it, if I can get it before he can, I'm gonna get it. That's just the rules. Some people, you know, somebody gonna get it's it. not. I'm not saying it's right. It's wrong, and I don't want to. I don't want no 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 young person is see. You know, especially my grandkids, who's gonna be Grand looking man. at this interview. I got I got 12 grandkids. I don't want them to think you know that their grandfather you know uh, uh, is about doing this. You know, I, that's who I was when I was ignorant. That's no. Yeah. I don't subscribe to those foolish pleasures no more. Respect. You know, that was then. Tali, yeah, you was pirate. a stick of pirate, pardon me, pirate. So you, you pirate, you was a stick of kid as well, yes. Yeah, yeah, I did that for my early teens for a number of years. Um, like him, burglary wasn't my uh, expertise either. But I first started doing, I, I first got into crime when I ran away from home. I ran away from home at twelve, and then um. I went back home like after a couple of weeks. I started messing up in school. And, you know, my parents was having it. My pops, like like he said, his pops was strict. Anybody who know my pops from back then, like everybody from the projects, remember him, like yo, just the way my pops looked at people, man. Hmm. They didn't want no part. They didn't want no smoke. My pops still to this day, yo, I remember your pop. I was like, yeah, pops was, was something else. So, you know, he was he had the pressure on, man. When I started messing up, and uh, a few times in school, he came up, you know, embarrassed me. You know, I started wearing the do-rags, the kangles with the creases in it. And he wasn't liking the way he was seeing me, you know, dressing now. Because, you know, when you see a kid start dressing like the hooligans out there, you already know, you know, what, what road he's going down. Right. You know, I see that now because I got kids, I got sons. So, you know, when you when you young, you don't see that. But he was seeing that. And then, uh, you know, and then where I lived, a lot, a lot of things were going on. A lot of fucked up shit was going on. You know, shootings on, <coughs> on, on the regular, murders, you know. What kind of stuff was happening? Everybody know about Fort Green, Brooklyn, and especially at that time, the seventies. So uh, I decided to run away again. But by this time, we had made some friends one time in the Puerto Rican parade. Um, the Morales family—they had a little uh, girl with them, a baby named Jessica. And we, my little sister, was just born. And they were around the same age, and she was Jessica. So they was calling Jessica. My mom was calling Jessica, and they was like, "Oh, her name is Jessica. Her name is Jessica." So this is how we met these people. This was a wild family from East New York, hmm. Brooklyn, but they were um, they were living in Flappers around Cotillo Road at this time. So anyway, they we exchanged numbers like in the day or two. We had gave my address and they popped up in Fort Greene. All the brothers, they was like, "Yo, boy!" And then we went to their house. We started hanging out. Um, they were a little older than me. So, and anybody knows about Flappers back in the days, there was a lot of burglaries going on. Flappers was based on burglaries. The burglary game was crazy. Everybody was running to prison mostly from Flappers back then. It was, yo, what's your burglary? I already know, don't tell me. So everybody's burglarizing houses, <laughs> houses and stores and everything. So they was heavy into it. So when I ran away again, I was planned it this time. I said, 
I can't come back, man, because you know, I'm going through the same thing. I want out. I wanted out at 13. And I took off. And I went to their house. And they was living on East 21st in Caton, right off of Church Avenue. I stood <coughs> with them. This is a true story. My mom's still alive. My father's still alive. It's a piece. My sister. I stood away from home. I put this on one of my pictures on Instagram. Eight months for a 13-year-old. Your parents don't know where you was at. It was gone. You know, police. I don't know if they did the milk cars, anything, flyers. I disappeared. I lived with them for eight months. I started burglarizing with them first. So out of a few burglars we did, you know, I was able to give me my first pair of Adidas. I never forget on Delancey, you know, started trying to three car Molly, you know, hustling around um, Delancey Street and going out to 42nd Street because they had some girls that were boosted. So I started getting the burglary boosted. By the way, it was never my thing. When I finally came back home after eight months, now I was a little older, you know, 14, going to 15, uh, started playing with guns and then, you know, Four Green, everybody was sticking up. That's what I was more interested in because I knew it was just a quick take. That stealing and putting stuff here and your heart beating out your chest, trying to make it out the door. You don't know if they following you. I used to see people get grabbed out the door. I was like, that ain't for me. Or getting caught inside a, a store. He was like, you trapped in there. He was like, oh, come yeah. out. And that wasn't for me. I was like, I need to be taking stuff. Like I see everybody. And, you know, once I got my hands on a few guns, you know, then I started you know, approaching people, and then eventually till we got into stores. The first sheepskin I got, I took from a dude, and a lot of my homies from, from the projects remember that. We were talking about it the other day. We had a shotgun, they didn't shoot. We were talking about it the other day with my homies. He's like, yo, you remember the shotgun? We were taking pictures with a whole bunch of guns on the roof. Some of them worked, we were shooting them. Mm. And then I said, I'm taking this, and nobody cared because it didn't work. Because I saw the sheepskin, this kid had, this young uh, Puerto Rican kid that came from Puerto Rico, he was working at, at the number spot on the corner. The fruit store was a number spot. A murder with Prince, a Cuban Amando had that number spot. He had somebody working there new, and the kid had a great sheepskin. I don't know how he got it, where he got it from, but I'm from New York, I don't got one yet. He's from Puerto Rico, he ain't no English. And I'm like, I'm taking that sheepskin, I need that. So I caught him one day on the avenue. Uh, it was evening, there was nobody around. I was waiting, waiting, so I seen him coming back from somewhere, he probably was doing a number run. And I approached him like I was, I said, oh yeah, man, I got splash. And I, I pulled that shotgun, they didn't shoot. And he was scared of death. He took it off quick, threw it on the floor, and he ran opposite direction. I grabbed it, ran into the projects. Once I did that, I took my first sheepskin, you know, and then we stepped it up from there. You know, with my homies, uh, we had a little crew, G Money crew. Wait, what? We had a crew called the G Money crew. With a few brothers, some that are dead, some that ain't here. What? Yeah, the where's before um, 50 Cent and all of them came to the projects. 50 Cent didn't get to, to Fort Green till like 81. Mm. But uh, so 80, 79, 80, you know, we started running around and then uh, we started doing the, um, the stores on the avenue, the people we knew. You know, as kids, like you say, we're ignorant. Right, right. You know, we would come up with a little scenario. We went in with masks one time and the dude still knew it was us, you know, because we just finished buying in there. He said, I told the police, I know exactly who it is. They had on masks, but these are kids that come in here every day. I can see through the holes in their eyes who they are. He said, show me a mugshot. And he picked uh, me and my homeboy D-Wiz and my man Scram. Shout out to D-Wiz and Scram. They home now, still alive. Anyway, they picked us three. That's the first on ride we caught. We jump over the counter, took all the cash. We said, make sure you get the cigar box. We knew we had the money in the cigar box, you know, mm. all the 20s, 50s. And we took that. And then, uh, yeah, that was the first time on the island, 82. Wait, hold on. So who who's a part of the G-Money crew? Uh, it was quite a few of us, man. It was all kid, rest in peace. Uh, kid Joe, young D-Wiz, uh, Sammy Whammy. Mm-hmm. Uh, my man uh, Sly, it was about six, seven of us. What the G stand for? It just that's just a. 
I'm just, you know, I'm just. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just, I gotta ask these questions, mind, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> you did a good job. You thinking like G money for us at that time? G's was for thousand dollars. Yeah. People always say, oh, G money, get money crew, but it wasn't really get money crew. It was the thousand dollar money crew, you know, the G money crew. So, and then, um, yeah, you know, after that, you know, we started getting a little more serious with it. And so, so yeah, real quick, we're gonna go back to Mario, but before we get, you, you, you. You, D Wiz, and who else? Oh, slide, okay. No, 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 don't be talking about that, that at the oh, studio. Yeah. My man Sam Do, Scram, okay, yeah. Sam Do, yeah. Talking to Mike, talking to Mike. My man Scram, Sam Do. Yeah, yeah, so y'all, y'all, um, he pointed y'all out. Y'all got locked up for that? Yeah. They came and got y'all where? In the project, in your house? And like, yeah, the project in the house. And then what, what happened? What was the outcome of that situation? Um, we was with our first case. We got probation. probation. Five years probation, six years probation, three years probation, stuff like that. And then we call all the robberies while we were on probation, so you know we wound up having a good time later on. How much time did you do from robberies as you did? From robberies two to four, the first one. Yeah, two to four, two to six. Uh, gun charges in between, but we had to do a bullet on the island, two bullets running wild mm. before the heavier state bids later. So, <sighs> pirate. So you are, you're there. You're booking shit. You're booking stores. What was the the biggest situation that happened? Some that you you came up off of, but you know. What down you, there at, at that time? Yeah, at that time. Yeah, yeah. Not, we, did, yeah. we did a jewelry shop in the mall back then. Yeah, if I tell you, we got, we, got, we got quite a bit of jewelry at that time. The mall had just opened in 81. I was away in Puerto Rico, and then I, I was in a program out there six months when I finished a program called Galcrea. When I came out of the program, they sent me back to New York, and there was a mall that I opened while I was away. And then um, over that year, you know, we were scheming, running around Fulton Street. That's when uh, the mall was kind of popular. It was just open. Everybody was coming through. People were getting raw. People were scared to go down there. People come from other neighborhoods. And they had a jewelry shop right by the Flatbush entrance. And they had a, a little exit on the side, two doors away from where the jewelry shop was at. And it led to a hallway. At the end of the hallway, you open the two doors and you're in the street. Mm -hmm. We was like, they asking for it. There was no cameras back then. Mm -hmm. So we went in and uh, we took it down. Everybody, you know, we went in with, with bags and masks. Next day, everybody had nuggets, one nugget. Nugget jewelry was out. We all had nugget rings, nugget bracelets, nugget watches. And um, yeah, that was one of the biggest we did. We took mm. quite a bit of jewelry. I remember Zach and Ma, but everybody had bags. You know, all the skinny stuff, all the rings, you know, trays of rings we threw in. We divided everything. Man. Sold a lot of it and kept money. some. <laughs> money crew, yeah. <laughs> Mario, back to you. So. You're in the streets, run around, you book people for shades, and then you show how tough you are, because I heard you're a tough one. Um, don't believe everything you hear. Don't believe everything I hear. Even if it's even if they say something good about me, don't believe it. Even if they say something good about you, don't believe it. Absolutely. Right. So I gotta, be in, I gotta be in the middle. You gotta be in the middle, man. So I have an important question to ask you. Sure. Um, for you, when did you, when did things start 
to move? Like, did you in the streets? And when did things start to get heavy for you? Like, you know, and when I mean by the word heavy, meaning when did the action start to occur? Um, a lot of things going on. It happened in the early 80s, man. It's like probably like 81, 82. I remember my, my baby sister, uh, they call her Nettie. Okay. Um, a guy had disrespect my sister in school. So when I had my first sheepskin, just like Pirate, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I bar- I used the word borrowed, you know. I like to use the word. It sounds more, a little more, more sophisticated. I, when I borrowed the sheepskin, and never returned it back and shit. But, but why um, you got to do but, but But listen, hold on. <laughs> You're not glorifying it. Mario, you're not glorifying it, but you took the sheepskin. How did you take the sheepskin? I didn't give it back. I borrowed it. Did you beat him up for it? Uh, pretty much. Now, because you're a big guy, I, I'm pretty sure. I was you, not big then. I was a little dude. You showed me a picture. You were tall, right? No, tall. I look like that. What, was that shrunk? <laughs> I thought you shrunk. I'm Yo, joking. Yo, No, did you, did you, was it one of the situations where somebody ran for you because they knew you are? You pulled it off or you took it off? Yeah, man, you know, I don't know if you ever heard the word, uh, the element of surprise, man. But the element of surprise is a motherfucker. Sometimes you can sneak the toughest motherfucker, man. If you caught him off guard, you, you, you came on on top. You man. said that, yeah. You know, and it's real, yeah. you know, I mean. So, uh, you know, my, my first my first stand in prison was uh, my little sister had got disrespected. I was never going to forget that. And um, I had a sheepskin, but in the sheepskins back then, you know, you, you know how you had the pockets in the, in the inside. Oh. You had a pocket. And, and I used to have an axe, like a little small axe. Hmm. That because I you know I, I I couldn't afford a gun then you know what I mean so I had a little axe I used to Come keep on, on, on my on my sheepskin so when the dude disrespect my sister in her school was in um 291 on Palmetto and Gates Beauty nigga Bacon Wilson and shit uh, you know this baby in the house you know besides my little brother and uh, I took matters at hand um I regret what I did then you know now. But when I did it then, I didn't regret it because it was my little sister. Uh, do um, you know? He tapped my sister in the backside, and she told me, you know. And uh, when I went to her school because I wanted to make a name for myself, I wanted to be the so-called you know tough individual. Uh, I hit the kid with the axe over the head, and uh, I kind of split his head. And that was when I first got locked up. That was my first you know time being arrested. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went to Rikers Island, and that's when I met. Uh, I'm a pirate, you know, but uh, that's when I was at, you know, and 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 uh, and, um, you know, it was um, I wish I wish I would have never done that back then, but you know, you know, when you when when it comes to your family, you know, I love I love my family, you know what I'm saying, regardless of you know how they would feel about me, I you know I love my family, so uh, you know I had to do with the accident, I got locked up for that for assault, but because it was my first um offense, they gave me ninety days. Mm. So you wind up doing 60 days and 30 days good time, and, you know, they gave me five years probation. You know, back yeah, then, the same thing, by, by then you get, so you, know, get a, you get a lot of probation. When you get locked up, offense. yeah, when you get locked up, everybody knew you was getting probation if it was not something. 70s and you know, 80s, the first five years probation. So I got, a, you know, I got, the, I got the 90 days and five years probation. I did 60 days, and, you know, you, you start, you know, you, before I went to, Jail, because that's jail. That's not prison. Before I went to jail, to Rikers Island, I already knew what it was because individuals that was coming home from jail and prison would tell you, you know, the things that happened in prison, you know, and what you had to do in order for you to survive. So I already visualized prison before I got into prison. You know, I already knew that everybody get tested and all that for whatever jewelry, sneakers, 
yeah. whatever the case may be. And I knew that if you give whatever you had up, then you was gonna be someone's herb. So mm-hmm. if you take that ass whipping to get that ass whipping, you gonna get the, the respect. Not only that, you gotta go back home and face your neighbor. Yeah, 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 else, yeah, 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 yeah. And you know, and I, I, you know, I didn't want to be nobody's herb. So you know, I went through the system. Uh, you know, I did my little bed. You know, we was back then when I got sent to, we went to C seventy six. That's when Private Night was in six. It's called the Six Building. She yeah. says that's when you get sentenced. The adolescents wear the beige, the adults wear the greens back then. And the parole violators back then used to wear the blues, which right. were state prisoners. And, you know, I came home and um, you never realize, um, because, you know, if you, if you know the word ignorant, ignorant means that you really don't know. You don't know. So you never realize that you you're graduating. Yeah, you, you know, don't see it. Yeah. You don't see it. Yeah, you never realize that you don't, that you graduating. So when I did the sixty days, and you know my family came to see me, they used to bring the mother of my kids to visit me, you know, because she was underage. So my sister Miriam, who, who we call Puti, she used to bring my the mother of my kids to come see me. So you know when you come home, you look at it like damn, them, 30, them sixty days, you know, I, I did all right, bit. I didn't really have that much problems. Mm. Yeah, you, yeah. So you continuously getting problems because it's like an industry. That's all prison is, but you don't see that as a young man. So that revolving door was a yeah, heavy play back yeah. then, man. I kept getting caught up and caught up, and and you know from 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 robbing or borrowing a coat and gazelles, you know. Now you get into you know robbing the big boys, you know, you know who who getting the drugs or you know who selling drugs, and and you it's like you graduating because now is it becomes a high. You're looking for. You know, the, the, the better things. The sheepskins go out the window now. Now you want the, the, the watches, the jewelry, the, jewelry shop, the, yeah. the cars. The, mm-hmm. the, you know, back then was a dirt bike, so you want to graduate. And unfortunately, I, I was going that route. What was the name of the sheepskins? The brand, what was the name of it? It was, was sheepskins. Uh, we, knew, we, we knew that sheep. We used to call them sheepdogs when we was kids. So sheepskins. So yeah. real quick, was there any consequences besides getting arrested for hitting a guy in the head with the axe? Like, did he have any family that was official? Was there anything... Uh, now, like like the the, the neighborhood, when I, like I said, the neighborhood where I came from, you know, we had a, a crew that I got involved with when I was young. It was, you know, you had the Koski Oscar boys, you had the HBO, which was a homeboys only, and then you had the crew called the Busted Loose. But I, I came over under a crew that which was, you know, with, with you know Hound Dog, Mellow, my brother Dottie, you know Money Mike, uh, Big Hawk, and let me say it was called DC Death Crew. Mm-hmm. And that was the crew I was in, and you know, you, you hear the word death crew, you you think you know you it's murder, and, and I was not no goddamn murderer, but I was down with these death heavy crew. hitters, yeah, death DC. crew, yeah, DC. And so I got down with with the death crew, and you know, and before you know it, this guy got twenty five years, that guy got twenty years, and I was like, I ain't trying to get all that time now, you know. So, but I was getting caught up in my little problems, mm-hmm. you know. So it's like I, you know, I graduated to the street, and I, you know. Don't, a lot of people didn't really, really get involved with problems with, with Death Crew on my way in Bushwick. Death Crew was one of the most uh, notorious crew that came out in Bushwick back then. They were they were really wild because you had a guy when when you when you speak Hound Dog and you know truth be told like you know a lot of dudes were scared of Hound. This guy was a uh, he's still incarcerated. He's going on forty years. This guy was like uh, you know he he was a murderer man. What makes them? People scared of them. I mean, what like is it because their behavior erratic? They murder random people, or they have certain principles about them. Or when they get mad, they turn into another person. What would you describe? Yeah, them like? I think I think anybody that 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 
uses a weapon, whether whether it's a gun or a knife, and 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 enjoys doing it, hmm. you know, because that's what happens, and enjoys doing it. It, it. I mean, some people may step back and say, you know what? I know if I get into a problem with this guy, you know, if I ain't gonna go all the way, I'm gonna leave it alone, and 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 things like that does happen in mm-hmm. in, in, in the world. So Hondo was that that type of that guy that if if he pulled the weapon out. You could bet your last dollar before he put it in that weapon was used, man. You know, that, that's how it was, man. You know? He, he was, a, you know, he was just was like notorious, and I wanted to be like him. He was, old, he was he's older than you, yes? Yes, he's, yeah, he's still the council. I visit him. Hmm. I visit him. Hmm. You, real quick, do you remember the first time y'all met? How did y'all guys meet on the island? I'm going to ask you, and then I'm going to ask him. <laughs> I don't think, I think what it was is when we, when we was in the island, Hispanic, so we we Spanish, and um, I mean history wise, we know we're I know I know I'm black history wise. You I know my history. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I know my history. So we were the Hispanic individuals with the waves in our hair. You know, you know, with the gold fronts, and you know, and what we say, what we what we call, you know, we dress like a black man. You know what I'm saying? Because if you look at, you know, you know, he want to be on some outlaw stuff today. You know. But we, you know, we was back then. You know, we was dressing. We were hip hop. You know, we was hip hop. That, that, that was the thing. We, we, we seen pictures of this guy. You know. Oh, he was a fly dude you know, when I was with his kids. You want to show him now? He was a fly yeah. dude when I was kids. So we used to dress. So we we used to we used to lie to people, man. We used to tell people that we were cousins, and some people would say brothers. We were brothers. You know, that was the relationship. Yeah, we 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 never had argument. We always we always met in prison, so every time we met, we we linked up. Like, his problem was my problem, my problem was his problem. Mm. Right. You know, everybody knew that. You fuck with Talik, you fuck with Lil Mary, you fuck with Lil Mary, you fuck with Talik. Right, wherever you, you know? are, so, so, you know, we always was together, you know, and, and we was in different house, houses, you know, we are trying to get pulled to the same house so we'd be together, or we ran down on each other in the hallway, whatever the case be. We extended ourselves to each other. You know, we always had that kind of relationship. That was, that was the rapport we had, you know? Mm. Yeah. What you recall from y'all when you guys first meet the first time y'all linked up? I took an ass whipping one time for him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not for him. We was on we was at we was at my bed one time in um see seventy six. It's probably it was probably eighty five or eighty four, was eighteen and nineteen. And we was um I think we had some beef with some dudes in another house and we was making some knives. And I think on our first knife we was making we said, yo, we need like we need to make some new knives, so you know we could be ready when we go to the yard or whatever in the mess hall. And we was we was sharpening on my bed, C76 in the dorms. It's like double bunks, the metal double bunks, like 70, 80 people in the room. I had a bed by the window, and um, we were sharpening it. He had his man with him. Uh, Heavy, 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 heavy. Yeah, heavy, heavy. Heavy was thick. He was big. Yo, come on, man. You got more power. He was, you know, it get tiring on your arm after a while. We need, we need, a, we need that fine, sharp point. We got heavy sweating bullets. And we watching them like this. And then they call a count. You know, when they count everybody, they count the heads. You got to line up in the middle of the dorm. So we like, you know, like every every other count, you just walk to the middle of the floor and then you go back to what you was doing. Right. You was in the TV room or the bathroom, whatever you was doing. So it was like, oh, the count. All right. So we did, we was on my bed, just put it right under my mattress. As soon as we got on the floor, the middle of the floor lined up in twos, the search squad rose in because they used mm. to do that. A lot of times they catch you in the morning while you sleep or they catch you while you stand on, the, on the count. It's a random. Mm-hmm. Bam. 
be standing on the floor. I can't get to my bed. I can't run off the the, the, the line right now. I run to my right. bed and get the knife. So they were straight to the bed. Nobody moved. So everybody just looked at me and said, I, I just put my head down. I said, they're going to find it. It's my bed. So, um, yeah, they find it. Who's on 14, bed? <laughs> they just snatched right there. But all like 10 COs are blocking. They threw me in the in the slop sink. That's oh, that's with CO Tiger. You remember? Yeah, Tiger. Oh, CO, yeah, she was a, 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 yeah, a dyke. Yeah, female, female dyke. Yeah, CO Tiger with the curly hair. Cause we we went in the sixth building a few times in the same place. We wound up there again. So the Seals knew us. He always used that against me. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's your man, it. Flip. You know? He always used that against me. Cause I, yeah, yeah. But yeah. CO Bonet, yeah, beat up the yeah, yeah. Beretta. Yeah, Beretta beat up the beat up the young dudes. So they stripped me and they beat me up and they threw me in a slap thing and, and put the water on blast. Remember they put the hot water yeah, yeah, yeah. so it could steam up the whole room and locked it. And then she took the um the valve off so you can't turn it off. So I'm in there and then oh, man, I'm sweating bullets, I'm dealing with it. But then she opened the door and then she see me, I was like, all right, and she closed the door for like it was like 20 minutes already. So I said, Oh, she think I'm all right. You know, you're young, they say, Oh, these kids are right, but they scared at the same time, anything happened to you. The next time I heard open the door, I just dropped on the floor. I dropped on the floor. She's like, get up. I was playing like I was suffocated. And then, and then uh, CEO Camacho, like, get up, man. Get your shit, man. And then uh, they put me in. And I got caught the ticket and went to the bank 30 days. But it wasn't like that. They let me out at 15. But, yeah, that was one I took for the team you know, early on. So once I did that, you know, that put me on the mat with everybody. Because when you, when you first meet up in there, we hadn't gotten in trouble yet to see if somebody – was gonna you know hold weight or tell because it would have been somebody else. It would have been like, oh, it was not mine. It was the dude who was making it him right there. That used to go on. So you can say everybody looking like what's gonna happen. They took me out of there, but you know I already knew what I was gonna do. You know what I'm saying? But they wasn't sure. Then after that, they everybody knew. It's like nah, he hold weight. Took the ass whip. It took the bang time. Mm -hmm. Ain't getting nobody up. We good. You know. So we always remember that. We always laugh about that. But that's one of the the, the good times I remember of, of us in there young. Yeah, yeah, and so <clears throat> you guys, um, real quick, Mario, you come home, you down DC crew, yes, yeah, and then what's what's where do we go from there? It, it, it diluted. It, uh, uh, after the, after a while, you know, most most people that was down with the Death Crew, they you know they got incarcerated, and you know was stretched. They you know got a lot of time. Like I just showed you, my boy Hound, you know. He, he's, he's going on 40 years in prison. How long does he got? Uh, he, had, he had 25 to life for the parole board continues to hit him. Uh, this is, the, you know, I, I, a lot of people are not going to like what I'm going to say, but I got to be real. That, this is the first, that's the first dude who actually exposed and robbed the, uh, Larry Davis. You know, Hound Dog and Raggedy Island in 1986, 87. So Hound was like this dude, mm -hmm. like, you know, he, he had the island... He shook the island, you know. He really, really, you know, you, you could ask any individual how shook the island down, man. Like, it, you, anything that happened in any building back then, you know, in, in the 80s, ha had to go through how. What know? do you mean, Rob, Larry Davis? Larry Davis is the guy that escaped out the window, yes? Absolutely. The, yeah, the guy that just got killed a few years ago, yeah. Shot the six cops that yeah. time in the Bronx. Yeah, and, and, he, got, yeah, yeah. and he got away so, with so much know, bullet yeah. holes. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. How did he escape again through the window? I don't know how he escaped, but he was in the island when I was in the island. He got knocked right after me in '86. Okay, you know, was and, was Larry Davis on the island? Was he respected on the island initially? When when, 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 like when we was not, we was never in the same house. We we you know we crossed paths and stuff. But uh, 
No, he he. When when I was down there, you know, back then you had uh, like I said, you had Hound, you had Prem, you had uh, before uh, I don't mention this guy's name, you know, you had Fat Cat, and uh, you know, you had uh, I don't mean to mention this guy's name neither, but you know, unfortunately, I have to. You had like you know, Blaze. All the dudes was down there then. You you had a lot of dudes that was, you know, shaking shaking knees. You know, they was doing they one two back then. Whether whether it was you know uh, getting busy or selling drugs, whatever the case may be. So it was in the '86. It was it was the crack epidemic. So prison was like flooded. It was it was crowded. And you you know oh, that's, you, when you, I, you, you, that's when I saw. Oh, cause you, yeah, not to cut him off. I actually saw him. That's crazy. I forgot about that. I actually saw him when he got knocked on that case for that body. Cause I was in. Um, do I was doing two bullets running wild in C76. That's two bullets, two years running consecutive for a gun charge and a violation, a year for the violation of uh, the probation I had. So I was up there um, 19 months. And um, I had a job in the Brooklyn house, what they call, uh, I was a time man. So a time man is, they put you to work in one of the borough houses. That's when uh, they had the Brooklyn house, Bronx house, Green house, and the tombs. And then you sign up to go work and they'll house you at that at that borough jail, mm -hmm. and then you work there to whatever job they give you when you get there, be it the receiving room or, or cleaning up. And I, I had this, I had um the court bullpens. I, I wanted the court bullpens so I could see everybody coming through Brooklyn. You know what I'm saying? Everybody was coming through, and I knew everybody. You know what I'm saying? I had my, my chain showing off with my sneakers looking fresh with the BBD nylons, my waves rocking. You, know, you get to see the females and everything when they come through. So I'm down there working in the, in the bullpens, midnight, midnight sanitation. And we would clean up the bullpens and the, and the visiting room. And every night we could hear when the last court, when the last judge is coming through. And we told him, come on, come on, we got to run that. Because we would sell um, and we would buy jewelry or rings. People come through starving and try to see what jewelry we could get. We have our cigarettes and everything. We'd be loaded. Yo, what you want for that? Ring? People starving. Yo, cigarettes. You know, food. We had sandwiches. And on that chain gang, I hear the chain gang coming. That's the, that's the tunnel that connects to Brooklyn House, right? From the court, uh, from the courts to the Brooklyn House, and you come through there, and then from the Brooklyn House receiving room, you get shipped out to Rikers Island unless you stand in the Brooklyn House. So I'm working that that shift every night, and we hear the chain gang coming. So we run down, we waiting like this on the gate, and here comes Mario, chained to my other man, uh, Anto from Gowanus. So I knew both of them. And I'm like, oh shit, Mario. It's like, oh Talik. So I remember that's why I was working. I was getting me. He was like, "Oh, you blew up!" So I was, I, I was getting my waist in my first set. I have skinny arms like a team, but in this bit, I was like, "I ain't going, I ain't going home skinny no more." I, I was doing a double time on them, on them weights, and that's the first time I saw him. He said, "Yo, I got, I got the murder charge," and I, I was like dumbfounded. Right? I was like, "What?" I was, you know, come last day, talking a light bit. You know, I'm, I'm finishing up this, uh, these two years on Rikers Island, get ready to go home, mm -hmm. and I'm like, "What you mean?" He's like, "Yeah, man, we'll talk about another time," and then. You know, they, they, they shipped him upstairs, and then, so I got to see him when he actually caught that. That was another time I forgot. Hold on. You said that Preem and, and everybody was in there, Fat Cat and everybody was in there. And, you know, I, so I actually have Larry Davis' name was uh, synopsis of ringing bells around there as far as, like, respected. And you started back to then, say that people back, were there. Yeah, back then, I'm sorry, back then on... on, on yeah, you know, when you, when you're involved with, uh, you know, uh, murdering a cop or shooting cops or anything involving cops, you're gonna get the, the utmost respect until people place close scrutiny to you and see the real you and what type of uh, individual you were. So, 
So at the very beginning, and, and, and you know, what he got knocked at, at the end of '86. I got knocked at the beginning of '86. That was like the wave. Oh, Larry Davis, you know, went out with the police. So everybody was right. in, impressed by that, but they they didn't know what was behind that, and the fact that unfortunately, you know, he had a rapport with some of these cops. So once that got revealed, you know, the mm -hmm. the respect that you have. Got stripped of now it shrinks. It gets stripped. Right. Can you can you tell? I know you don't like talking about other people's stories, but what was what was it exactly? He he was a, a, a informant for the police. Uh, well, um, I, I wish I had the kids, you know, because I don't like um, speaking okay. about something I know that I don't have before me, right? But I um, I, I'm gonna share a story with you uh, when it comes to Hound Dog, because it, it was like a it's like a deep story. Um, uh, Hound Dog had uh, deaded him for a bracelet, you know what I'm saying? Uh, and but the bracelet um was passed from one individual to another and to one of our other crime, God bless that name, Pee Wee Prince. And, um, you know, when when he mentioned Larry Davis' name, Hound told you, let me borrow the bracelet. You know, back then, you know, you borrow people's jewelry or whatever while you have your jewelry. So you want to go on a visit. You want to impress these people. You know, female, you want to impress the girls on the visit floor. So mm -hmm. you want to go out there with 100 chains and here it is, only one chain is yours. You know, unless you have two or three, you know, being realistic. And um, when um, Prince told Hound, that uh that it was uh, Larry Davis chain, uh, Hound said he no he dead he, he ain't get he ain't get it back, and but the reason why Hound said that was because Hound had discovered that uh, Larry Davis when he got locked up, you know in his paperwork on that is in the law books, uh, if I have to get it and bring him up here one day I will do that mm -hmm. I got no problem with that I could get that for you ASAP, mm -hmm. and he was giving information on ongoing investigation that had nothing to do with him. Mm. There's paperwork stating that. Yeah, yeah, it's called law, 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 law paperwork, you know, mm -hmm. law book. Mm -hmm. So that's when, uh, you know, uh, uh, an incident took place. And unfortunately, um, you know, Hamdo had got, you know, he had got snuck behind taking Larry Davis' bracelet about, you know, Larry Davis' crime, you know. I was already up north when this took place. Mm -hmm. But, you know, they, you know, a lot of people didn't know that Larry Davis was bad. And, and some that even knew that, right, and, you know, they they turn their cheek the other way because who it is you know some 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 individuals they know that this individual is no good but he busts his gun and they accept him I don't subscribe to that okay. you know what I'm saying if you're good you're good if you're no good you're no good I don't care what you don't did who you don't killed who you don't stab if you're no good if you your jacket is dirty then stay the fuck away from me you so know? but people in in prison like I said by having to shoot up with the police and escaping he was put on like a pedestal and then. The paperwork came down as far as like he was cooperating with the officers, right. and then they wanted to 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 do something to him. No, nah, not that they wanted. They, they, let me tell you something, man. Larry Davis is not what made people made a scene. You know, Larry Davis was to be honest with you. I was with him in a, in a few spots mm -hmm. up north. You know, I never had that relationship with him because after you know his name started circulating mm -hmm. and certain things, we never was in general population. We was always in solitary confinement. His brother Eddie Davis was better. You know, I had a good report with him. He he was a good individual. He ain't had nothing bad in no his jacket. But Larry was in the box with me, and, you know, he became a, a box monster, you know. So he was in the box going out at the police, claiming they jumped him. Then he had the other brother. I don't know if you remember the incident when he, one of his brothers said he had got raped. The police put the baton up his asshole right. or whatever the case. Yeah, yeah, this was a big thing. There was a lawsuit. This yeah. was all in. This Adam was all in the Wima? No, no, no. His brother, his actual brother. Oh, okay. Not that this happened in prison. So, okay. all right. So when all that was come, when all that was out, you know, a lot of people was like not caring about uh, Larry Davis. Like, you know, they knew he, Larry Davis was ain't hurt nobody, man. 
Larry Davis would not, you know, not to talk bad about him. I don't like talking bad about a dude that's, that lost his life. You know what I'm saying? Uh, he was not a violent person in terms of prison. I don't know about society. He may have shot police in the street, but Larry Davis was not, you know, he he uh, he ain't never, you know, did nothing in prison, you know, like uh, to uphold his name or that reputation. You dig you know what I'm saying? And he passed away in prison. Yeah, he got, he had actually got killed by a friend of mine in prison. You what know? year? Oh, right before Two I came home. Ago, it was right? it was, it was, nah, it was no, no, about 10, 10, 10, about 11, 10 11, 12 years ago. So I was in I was in uh, Sullivan Correction Facility. His brother was locking downstairs for me when it happened, and I was in I was in Sullivan and it happened in um in, in Shawanga. You know, he uh, fortunately he ran into a good friend of mine that you know that's a, he about that life and. Unfortunately, you know, uh, incident took place and Larry Davis lost his life, you know? Mm. Mm. Yeah. And this was before Larry Davis was coming home? Absolutely. Before both of them was coming home. Before uh, uh, Blue Boy was coming home as well. Blue Boy had like uh, about two years to the parole board. Yeah, when it happened. Do you think that the, uh, the uh, did he get in, is he in trouble for that or no? Blue? Blue? Yeah. Of course he got served for that, man. You don't, you don't, you don't, you don't take a dude's life in prison. You ain't gonna get, you know, you gonna some some outcome gonna come whether you go whether you get placed in solitary confinement or or or, or you get a, a new bed. Yeah, you know. No, you mean if he got caught, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Blue got caught. That's right, man. Yeah. Blue, blue. Yeah, I, I'm in touch with blue, blue, blue. So, boy. so you're doing stuff in the street. Um, now. Where did it, it got heavy? You got with the DC crew. Now tell us, he started to speak about it. I don't know why he did. I hope you get at him when when, when you get on the phone. You know what I mean? But because he want everybody to listen, 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 listen. You know how you know how a pirate is. Yo, what what I said? No, no. <laughs> Bring us back to that time. So you're in the street, heavy. People know you. What what were you before I ask you this question? What were you known for on the street before the incident happened, where you were lied on? Cause it's not, you have a whole theory. We'll get to the theory about snitching and lied on. So, what were you known as in the street first? You know, around like that said, time, uh, you hit uh, the guy in the axe. Yeah, after that, I was I was known as fighting troubles. You know, what, what people gonna tell you? Or I'm sure they have told you. I was a troublemaker, man. They told me you were a troublemaker. Yeah, you I, used I, the word I, I, troublemaker I, so vaguely. You know, it became like it became like a part of my my lifestyle. You know. Unfortunately, did you, you know? get the word machete on the street or in prison? Nah, I got that when I was away. Uh, um, actually, um, I never gave myself a name. I, I didn't even want this name. This name was given mm -hmm. to me by the by the Cubans, my man, um, Angel Saldina, Angelito el Cubano, mm -hmm. and Chispa, and you know, uh, Roman. The Cubans, uh, they pretty much like uh, took me under the wing because back in the uh, in the in the in the in the eighties, they had the Cubans that came from the Mariel, the Marielitos, mm -hmm. they were called. And um, you know, these are the ones that Fidel Castro got rid of. And when they came to the prison system in New York, you know, Dumb and the Hicks, or the Boricuas, they got together and it was like, a, a, it was a disaster. Them Cubans was like, they was, they was about their life. So my man, Angelito Cubano, he's the one that actually gave me the name Machete. I didn't want the name because I knew by having that name, I had to live by that name. And that was a big name to carry back then so when they gave me the name the cubans they used to call me that i used to, i despised the name at first but then everybody just started calling me that and that caused me to uh get live to a reputation you know live to the name 
while in prison and, you know, get caught up in shit. So I got that name in prison, you know. From, what does machete Cuba. mean? It's a knife. Machete. Like it's a machete. machete. It's a machete. And they just gave you the name because of, I mean, you know, like, come on, man. Yeah. Like, stop, bro. <laughs> like, I respect you, but stop. What because, did you, why did they give you the name? What did they witness that you did? What because did you when, my grand, when my parents just sent me to Puerto Rico, I, I used to cut sugar cane and shit, you know? Uh, why did they give you the name in prison? <laughs> what was the incident that they saw that you gave? Yeah, because I, I, you know, I, I got caught up in a couple of incidents where, you know, unfortunately, I um, yeah, the oversized, you know, they, oversized you know, knives. You know, I, I, I had a, you know, I had to take care of certain things. You know, I had a, you know, my my grandkids. See, let me tell you a story, man. I have a sister when my mother passed away by the name of Anna De Los Santos. Mm-hmm. It, my, that's my second old sister, 65, Annie. And she's going to look at this interview, and you're not going to get me beat up by my sister. I'm letting you know right now. My sister tr- my sister will whip my ass. Like, I'm I got to ask her to. I, so I got to be careful what I but say. But what I'm saying is that she, you, she, but you, but you paraphrasing, and the people mm-hmm. want to know how you got the name Machete. What, I got the name Machete. What was the incident? We heard right. the Cubans I, gave it to you. I got what the, was the incident? I got the name Machete because, you know, I used to fight, and you know, and and uh, my man, you know, they told me, yo, you know how to use your hands. So, you know, this is prison, man. I'm going to show you how to survive in a better way and how to make a name, man. How, how to, um, how to, you know, how to stab individuals, how to, how to, how to, you know, go from point A to point B and stab your kingdom because, you know, like, uh, when you, when you're in the belly of the beast, you know, in prison, you know, we call it the belly of the beast. When you're in prison, man, you know, um, you know, um, you, you, you have to set, you, you, this was home. They gave mm. me 25 to life for a crime I didn't commit. So prison became home. Mm. So now I had to, uh, I had to, Take my Clark Kent uniform on and put on my Superman uniform on and survive. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because see, the things that you do in prison, or at least for myself, I can't speak for someone else. You 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 normally won't do in society, but mm-hmm. in prison is a different world. It's a different environment. So now, you know you 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 get you 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 have to survive. And it's like it ain't that people will you know start trolling me because I never had this. You know, this chain here, man, you know, not to brag about it, you know, this is my jail chain. I came home with this. Oh, you wow. got dudes that was wearing skimpy chains. I just put diamonds in that's all. But this is actually, if you look at my pic, my prison pictures, you're going to always see this chain on me. This is my jail chain. People was getting robbed for little thin stuff. You know, I was I was wearing jewelry because I established myself that this is home. Unfortunately, you know, my peers was getting, the, you know, shot down. They were getting denied. So this one, so, so I was getting caught up and I had to, you know, I had to do certain things. To to uphold the name Mary Machete. So let me ask you a question. So you're openly admitting that you got that chain from prison, yes? It wasn't yours initially, oh. no? This was, I borrowed this chain. Oh, man. So it wasn't yours. <laughs> Do you remember who chain it is? No, nah, I don't remember. Is the person still alive? Or you don't I don't know if he's still alive. So what if he come home and he see this and he wants his chain? Man, listen, you get... man, a lot of things can happen in life. I could just come out, walk out this studio and get hit by a car. No, you wouldn't. It can happen. I don't feel that way. Don't put that on yourself. No, but it can happen. So I'm, but I'm, I'm asking you about, yeah. <laughs> I'm asking you if the person wanted to change I ain't got that. no more bad luck. But 27 years was a bad luck. Your new life no that you live in, would you say, you know what? Who? I'm asking you. No, I think Shaquille. Shout out to my man, Shaquille. Shout out to Shaquille, OG Shaquille. Saludo, mi hermano, saludo. Let me tell you something. I think Shaquille said that in one of my in my interviews, right? Uh uh, one time uh, I was in Clinton Dynamora in 1987, and uh, 
Shaquel, man, you need to hear this guy's story. This guy's crazy. He used to rap. He, he they grew up. You know, I met him in prison. He used to he he used to rap. He used to rap. He used to rap. Right. So we were in Clinton down the mall in, in, in Upper H, and man, he was so annoying because every day he'd be on the gate. So um, make a long story short. A, a long story uh, short. Um, an individual, an individual uh, has some some music and stuff. And I said, damn, man, I, I need to borrow this to, to give it to Shaquille mm -hmm. to keep him off the gate. Right. So I went and I borrowed the guy's radio. Oh, he was rapping on the gate? All day, man. Yeah. He, <laughs> yeah, he said that in my documentary. You're going to hear it. So, so I went and borrowed the radio and the cassettes, and I gave it to Shaquille. And then it was me and David Willem, big artists from Low East Side, big Arthur's brother. So when I went to the yard, I had about a million Muslims waiting on me, you know, uh, Cause they said I, you know, oh, yeah, I, told me, told I, yeah, I borrowed, I borrowed the guys on radio and cassettes. I mean, on cassettes, and never gave it back. So I come out to the yard, and um, I, you know, guys was waiting on me. I guess they wanted to, you know, you know, they wanted to the shit back. And I, I, I'm like, you know, when I borrow things, I don't, I don't return it. And you know, it caused a little friction. And yeah, he was, and, uh, was telling me about that. And uh, you know. But I got him off the gate because now he got he some got music. You know, he had just came out of Key Lock, Shaquel, so I was able to get him off the gate to hear music, and I didn't have to hear him rapping all day because he couldn't rap for shit. Me and Shaquel the same age. He was in my class in the yeah. second, third grade. He's from Fort Greene, from my side. He's the same age. He, he's older than us. This guy's old. <laughs> so, so he's only, he's only a year older. Pirate, before we get to you, so you cut somebody up. Hold up, you saying that. Yeah, I'm saying this. Okay. So my opinion, hold on, let me, I have something I'm going to read, but I'm, I want to wait till before I read that. Um, my opinion, how you got the name Machete is, as my good friends Killer Kev or Soul B would say, you made a movie. And by making a movie, I guess, I just want to know the movie that you might have made, was it, a, was, was it, like, was it in front of a lot of people? Or was it heard about? You know what I'm saying? Cause you know some people don't care. Like, did you continue? Obviously, knowing your character, you had no choice to make the movie. So we're not going to. I just want to know about the chain. I definitely want to hope the person get their chain back if they come home. But you gonna give them a chain? Yeah, of course. I'm All right, I'm gonna find one. somebody. So you give me a chain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, never. I think that we can work out something you and I. I think because you're a new peaceful guy. But I just want to know if that movie was made in front of people. Did you have no choice to make it? Like. The movie that was made that you got the, that made you get the name Machete. Um, let me just say that right. You know, uh, um, I fought the fight that was presented to me. What I mean by that is like if if um if you were a man, you know, I was able to tell you go get yourself and let's let's deal with it like a man. And I'm not saying it to impress you. Um, you know, probably have been present when I've been in situations. So if if a dude was a man. And he had a reputation, a name, and you know, I, I felt he deserved a fair one. Like a man, I didn't sneak him, I told him to go get your shit. And we, we went where we went where it had to go, whether it was with, with weapons or hands. Hand, we went knife. there. But if you was a if you was a slouch, then that's the rules of prison, man. I'm gonna treat you like a slouch. If I had a you know, if I had a get you any which way I can, I'm gonna get you. So I've been in some situation where I mean one day uh so be uh did me a favor, man. Shout out to my brother, Sobe, I appreciate that. Uh, I was going on the FRP. I was legally married, 
And um, I was going on a family reunion program, and a friend of mine had a little incident with another individual. Television. And, um, you know, I made I, I, I committed myself, and I made a promise to my man. I said, you know, homie that gave him the, the, the weapon against you, um, you know, if you lands in the block with me, whatever the case may be, you know, um, I'm going I'm to I'm take care of that for you. And it, it happened that way. So one day I was coming out. I was going to go see my man, uh, Jimmy Lee, from 183rd, Jimmy Aponte, in the yard because I was playing baseball in prison, and this individual uh, sucker punched me. But in the process of sucker punching me, he had a razor in his hands, but um, he did it backwards. He should have cut me first and then punched me. He thought because he was like six foot, six foot two and had a little size of him that punching me would have knocked me out and then he was gonna take care of business because that's what normally uh, rookies do. You understand? Know so when he punched me, it kind of caught me off guard. And you're getting ready to hit that bell again. My man from Hollis, Queens, by the name of G Money. You know, uh, uh, he's from Hollis, Queens. He did 26 years. He's home now. You know, um, G Money came to my aid in terms like when we start rumbling. Me and the dude, I, he was bigger than me, so I had to pin his hands, you know, with with my with my arm because he had a razor. He was taller than me, and I didn't have nothing, so I had to drag him. They had like um, they had like a IOC room in my liaison committee room, and I had just got fired for it. So what I did was, I warned him. I'm being realistic. I'm being as honest as possible. I knew that he had the best. He, he, you know, he had me because he was bigger than me. He had a weapon, and I didn't have a weapon. I was smaller. I was not this heavy. I was smaller, so I had to grab him. And they didn't know while while the people was walking, because I'm sure that other individuals was involved with this. You know what I'm saying? They kept walking to block the police so they won't see the commotion. So I had to protect my face. I didn't want to get cut because I'm disarmed at the time. So when I grabbed him, I went into the. I, I, Took him into like the IOC room and we fell in and my man G Money was in the computer. He was uh in my laser committee, he just jumped out of nowhere and we commenced on whipping this motherfucker's ass. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We whipped it, we I mean literally whipped his ass. So when he runs out the out the IOC room, I stay in the IOC room, so I had like a little scratch, which went away was that regular scratch. Not from the base, I guess from you know his his, his clothing oh, so, or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So police came in the room, so I stood in the in the IOC room, he left, and uh when he came back from the yard, because they went out to the recreation, dudes was in the yard, and I had sent word to my man, Jimmy Lee. I said, if anybody does something to him, because the yard wanted to go up, I said, if anybody does something to him, we're going to have an issue, because he tried to get at me. I never experienced that in my life. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I want him to come back. I want to deal with him. So I didn't, have a, I didn't have a weapon at the time, because I was going to the yard innocently to play ball. So, so be, you know, and this is a true story, so be made a, a razor out of a can top. You know what I mean? So when he made the razor out of the can top, I'm looking at the, you know, I'm not calling him a rookie, so we're going to get the record straight. But I'm saying I'm not going to go, you know, I'm not going to war with that. I'm, they, what they, he, his thing was I'm trying to give him whatever I can to survive at that present moment. Right. You know, maybe he'll scare him away. So when I looked at that, I said, I can't do nothing with this. I might get hurt. This dude got a weapon. I, this ain't going to get me where I want to go. Mm -hmm. So I took the... Uh, the typewriter in the inmate laser committee and had a rod. Mm -hmm. And we broke the typewriter and I made a weapon right then and there. But now we had an issue now. In order for me to get back into the block, I was in shorts. 
I need to have steak greens in order for me to stay out my cell. I didn't want to get in my cell, and I didn't want to. I, rather, I didn't want him to get in his cell because had he gotten in his cell, he's bigger than me. He probably would. I'm not gonna make this fight fair now, but I'm gonna fight you like a man. But I'm not gonna. If you whatever you got in you, that's what you use at that moment. Mm -hmm. So I have I have spoke to my man uh, Rennie. He's home. Kevin Smith said, Rennie, I need I need somebody to give me a pair of pants. So Rennie Rennie got this. I forget the brother's name. He told the dude to trade my shorts for his steak greens. So when I put him on and Queens flip, I swear if you laugh, we gonna have a we gonna rumble. He gave me a pair of steak greens, and they were so tight on me, man, that if I fought it, the shit was gonna split. <laughs> Go ahead. Don't... <laughs> I'm dead serious, man. Damn. Yo, he you gave me some steak. Yo, I, I got all I want to do is get this dude. So I put the steak green on, and and they, they was hugging my, you know, they was hugging my shit, you know. And I'm, I'm talking about all around the board, you know. So I came into into the facility, and I saw Beast calling me through. To his cell, we in Shawanga, they got glass. And, and I told Sobe, let me know when he come in, give me the signal, go like this with your head. That means I know he walked in. So when the individual walked in, uh, Sobe gave me the signal. And, um, you know, I said, you know, people, a lot of people like Sammy Kawasa and them was mad at me because I gave him a fair one when he tried to sneak me after we put our word that if we had an issue, right, we would deal with it face to face. Yeah, we, you know, and, and I didn't sneak him because I thought he was, a, you know, I thought he was the same person I was a man. So when he came in, um, in the block, I, you know, I, you know, I had I already had uh, the weapon out my hand. I said, "Yo, you know, today you are gonna become a man. Like we gonna rumble." You know what I'm saying? I, I could have snuck him like he said I had him. And so he went like, like he looked at me like, "What the fuck you doing?" Like, and yeah, I gave him a fair one, and I went to the box. Got you. <laughs> That's good. Oh man, shout, shout out to G Money though. He's he's like a good guy. Now G Money's my man. I, I'm in touch with him. That's my man. Yeah, he's from Hollis Queens too. Oh my god. Yeah, he from uh, George George, <laughs> George Martinez, my brother, man. I love him. So, hmm, mm. So um, let's talk about let's talk about the crime that you were uh, accused of. What was that crime? And um, in, on February 22nd, 1986, uh, a good friend of mine by the name of Marlon Christie um, was killed. They shot him twice um, at Whitfield Central. I lived on Hancock and Knickerbock at the time. He got shot twice uh, at Whitfield Central. So at the time, um, you know, I was, uh, I was having, I was having two relationships. I was with the mother of my kids. And I was, uh, which is a neck guzman, and I was with, uh, you know, my childhood sweetheart as well, by the name of Awuda Pacheco. So I was at Awuda's house. I was, you know, I was cheating on the mother of my kids. You know what I mean? So I was with her. So when my friend got killed, um, uh, a few, a friend of mine by the name of Maurice Earl Duhaney, or excuse me, Garfield Carl Duhaney Carl, he was. He had called me because his brother was locked up, um, the twin Earl, and told me that they had, um, you know, killed our friend Marlon. So I, I immediately, you know, got dressed. I came out the house. And just I was in Palmetto and uh, Knickerbocker. The, the case took place. The, the incident took place 13 blocks away. So, you know, I'm, I'm going towards my house, um, putting them in Knickerbocker. I'm getting ready to grab my, the mother, of my kids, and my children to go home to Hancock and Knickerbocker, and. Um, when I got to my house, uh, you know, uh, before you know it, I got I got locked up. You know, uh, 
I was brought out of my house and uh, I had some police waiting on me and they they accused me of killing my friend. And, wow. And I went, I went away for a crime I didn't commit. I wound up doing, uh, they gave me 25 to life and I wound up doing 27 years for a crime that I didn't commit. I, I, I went in 86 and came home in 2013. But what made them think that you, you committed a crime? How did you get well, associated in the, in, with in, that? In, in, there was, there was uh, some individuals involved, you know, Unfortunately, that 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 uh, I you know I don't know who's uh, who's on the sideline. I don't know if it was if, if 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 people got paid to say that I committed this crime, or I mean like I told you I was a I was a paramedic child, mm-hmm. so you know a lot of people was getting tired of me in the neighborhood, pretty much you know, and uh, I guess I guess you know I'm I'm just assuming this is not predicated on facts. Right. I'm assuming that probably they said to themselves. Killing him would probably cause a problem, but if we could get rid of him, you know what I'm saying, it, it, you know, it, it would be more safer than killing him. You know what I'm saying? This is what I'm assuming. So they um they they, they forcefully uh, lied on me and I and, and I went away uh, at the age of 21 and came home at the age of 48. When you say they, you, you're speaking about individuals, about individuals. In, okay, individuals. who? Individuals. Individuals. Well, <clears throat> have some, Mm-mm. you know, so I have a document here. You have a document? Yeah, and then if I don't, I'm going to act like I do. Uh, um, So apparently, from what I know, what I've heard, two men and a woman told on you. Not told, lied on you, yes? Absolutely. Because you broke down the definition of snitching. And lying, you you maybe to break it down for the for the world, man. I yeah, because you felt that these people are not snitches; they're liars. Can you break it down? All right. Um, we use the word. A lot of people use the word snitch fluently. You know, I like I really like using the word think f i n k. If you don't know what that word means, you should look it up. F i n k. All right, and f i n k, which means you're a stool pigeon, a confidential informer. You know what we call a rat. You know, I like to use that word better. Sounds more professional. Sounds more eloquent. You know, as opposed to snitching is like everybody uses that word now. So mm-hmm. I'm trying to stay away from that word. I use the word think, because a lot of people don't know what it means, but I do know what it means. All right. So um, when you're when you're a snitch, when you're a think, right? Um, if I commit if I commit a crime, if I go and walk up to this individual and, and rob him, and you see me rob this individual, and you tell the police then you're snitching on me. And the reason why you're snitching on me is because I actually committed the crime. So you took it upon yourself to let the police know this is the individual who committed this crime. Mm-hmm. That's called snitching. Mm-hmm. But if I didn't commit a crime and you went and told the police that I committed a crime, then you're lying on me because I didn't commit the crime. I'm not going to say, yeah you, yeah, you snitched on me. Although the streets, the street code, Right. Is snitching. I'm not gonna say that you snitch on me because then I'm admitting to a crime that I did not commit. So I consider that you lying on a person, which is even worse than a fucking snitch. You know, you know, uh, you know, it's worse than a snitch. So in my case, in my case, um, you know, um, I was lied on. You know, uh, there was no concrete evidence with the session of hearsay. And uh, you can look at the word bolstering and bolstering, and that's what they used to convict me. 
Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> so what I heard was three people, a woman and two men. One of the men named Bushwick Bill, who was part of a legendary group called, uh, what was he part of? Ghetto Boys? Ghetto Boys. Is that his name? Is? I just want to make yeah. sure, you know, I, I really, Ghetto I'm Boys. not that old. <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm not old? I mean, you're a DJ. So Bushwick Bill, <laughs> right? And I asked you this privately. I asked you one of the questions. A lot of stuff is going to stay off record, but these are one of the questions that I asked you. And I said, Mario, why would these people tell on you and earlier or lie on you? And earlier you stated, like you told G Money just now, told us as far as your behavior. But but that's not predicated on facts. Not predicated on facts. Yeah, I don't know why, why a person or individual so, would put me in prison. But those three people, all I know is Bushwick Bill and, you know, that's all I know. And those three people, were they ever in cahoots? Were they friends, family, related, or they're just friends? Well, <laughs> well, I want to ask you a question. I, I, I want to uh, you, you know, take my hat off for this one now. You know, you know, you're going a little too far from me, but that's another story. But, um, you know, I have a documentary coming out, you know. Facts. Uh, and, you know, I want to I want to respect, you know, the people who have documentary, which is Crime Faces, you know. Yeah, shout out to Crime Faces. Crime, yes, shout yes, out yes, to yes, Crime yes. Faces, you know, that's a family. But um, mm-hmm. I, I will tell you this much, um, that I, I am actually innocent. Um, uh, 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 I'm not going to say... Who who are the individuals that told to me or who didn't tell on me? But I could tell you this: that I, I actually grew up with Richard uh, Richard Stephen Shaw. I grew up with Jean Pierre, and I grew up with Kim Terry. And if you don't know who Richard Stephen Shaw is, he was born December eighth, nineteen sixty six, in Kingston, Jamaica. That would be Billy the Midget, who big people call Bushwick Bill. I actually grew up with you know God bless his soul, you know. So uh, shout out to Crime Faces. Okay, shout out to Crime Faces. You got a documentary to come out, which I, you know, spoke. Yeah. And you could breathe as heavy as you want. Yeah. And um, I'm not taking anything from Crime Faces, but at the end of the day, on this platform about three days ago, so be stated that, and I just showed you the message from a guy that Bushwick Bill told on you. So now I asked you, you know, he told on you, you grew up with him. Were you friends with him? Did you pick on him? He didn't tell. He lied on you. Pardon me. Did you pick on him? What was your rapport with Bushwick Bill? Or you want to save that for the? Nah, nah you, that I can speak about. That, oh, you know, okay. Oh, I'm oh. not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not yeah. gonna talk bad about. I'm not gonna talk bad about a, a deceased. So, um, he just passed. Deceased who? He, he deceased passed who? Passed deceased. He passed away. Yeah. He passed away yeah. this year. Right? Yeah. God bless. God yeah. bless his dad. Yeah. You know. Um. Um. I grew up. Actually, we grew up like his family. I know his whole family. I know his mom. You know. I know his brother Chris. You know. Um. We we grew up. We was like. I never had an issue with Billy. Billy, I never had an issue with any of them. You know, they, they, he was like a little brother to me. He was a few years younger than me. Mm. Um, he was down with a. I introduced him to a group called the um, Bush Bushwick Posse, which you know my little brother was involved with that. My little brother Carlito, and um, also uh, uh, the boxer uh, Poison Junior Jones. If you look up his name, he's a professional boxer. I was just recently with him. Um, yeah, look it up, man. He's a bad boy. I mean, so you're trying to you're trying to divert me, but I, I'm no, no, on no. The you're listening. You're listening. I mean, to me, I, you're trying to divert me, but yeah, yeah right. I look him and, up. And we and we all we all you know we all grew up and stuff, and um we grew up not we never had we never had a problem. You know, Billy Billy was like like a, like a brother to me. You know, and uh in 1986, you know, I went away, and um you know he moved to uh Texas, and that was it. You know. So you don't. Oh, sorry. You, yeah. sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> it's quiet. I love you, bro. Well, hold on, hold up. As I reiterated, I will reiterate. Mm-hmm. So be stated on this platform 
a couple of days ago. I have the footage. I can play it on live. If you need me to, it's on the computer. Um, footage P100843. So that's the name of the footage on there. So it be stated that the guy who is Bushwick Bill told on you. Now you're saying that he moved. Do you think that he moved forcefully? Did he move for his protection? What do you think he moved? Did he just pick up and move? His whole family moved or did he move? Was he put into some sort of program in your opinion? This is all opinion now. I don't know what he moved on. Shout out to So B, man. Well, yeah, I don't know why his family moved. They just, they, I guess they had a better life in Texas. Interesting. Interesting. He became a rapper when he went to Texas. Mm. You, know, I, you know, he did his thing. He, uh, he became a rapper. Do you have the paperwork or did you have the paperwork of people that told you? I have my transcripts at home. And it's they, called trans. It's called uh, minutes transcripts. Minute transcripts and the people that told it. Let's say the person or the people that told on you. Did you witness them tell on you? Did were they point you out? Did you have a trial? Did you witness them tell on you? You know, Crime Faces is coming out with a documentary soon. I want you to watch that too. Yeah, yeah. When yeah, it's gonna come out. When it come out, you 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 you'll get some of that information. It's gonna come out. You're gonna you're gonna see some stuff. So you can't say if, if you if I you can say what I want to say, but um. I, no, I, well, you on trials. I'm asking you. I, I went to trial. Yeah, I went to trial. Yeah. So you blew trial. Yeah, I blew trial. So that means you were pointed out on trial. You had witnesses came against you. I, I, yeah. And Bushwick Bill was one of the people. I don't know who was one of the exactly, people. Exactly. Exactly. You know do know. know. You do know. No, but I you, don't know. But we're gonna respect crime. First of all, first of all, pardon me, my man, pirate. Pardon me. I, you know, I got something for you as well. The thing is. You know, I got a lot of respect for you. Thank you. I appreciate that, man. But, um... Okay, we're going to save the details of the trial for the documentary. We're going to ask the people Thank to you. watch it. But! However. There's a but. However. Of course there is. That's Queen Flip. Queens <laughs> Flip. Not Queen. Queen. Flip. Same thing right down the block, Flippy. <laughs> Mario. Listen. <laughs> but... <laughs> The thing is, the thing is, listen, listen, listen. You can do it, man. I'll fuck with you, G. You, you, you were lied on. And this is what's important. This is what I need to get to convey to the people. You know, you were lied on. And allegedly, someone, I mean, it's not alleged, but obviously you're saving something for the documentary out of respect. And shout out to Crown Faces one more time. But Bushwick Bill told on you. He pointed you out on trial. That's what you said. He told no. That's what that's what happened. I got the transcript. That's what you saying. I got the transcripts though. That's what you saying. You didn't know I had the transcript, did you? That's what you saying. Hey yo, get the screen. See you. No, another... we ain't gotta go through it now. Oh, see, I had a surprise for you. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, let me let me let me Oh okay. So yeah, yeah, breathe. Yeah, get the breathe. Oh, you ain't give me the transcript. Oh, for, for the record, you ain't give me anything. Alright. You ain't give me anything. But but the thing is, I'm gonna respect it though. I I'm respect that, that. but I just want to ask you one question. Sure. Let's speak hypotheticals I'm right now, yeah, since because right. you have yeah, something well, coming yeah, out, and we don't want to take food out of nobody's mouth. Yeah, 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 and yeah, yeah. It ain't about food. Let me get something clear with you. Let me get uh, something clear with you. It ain't about food. About principle. No, no, it ain't about principle neither, oh, man. Sorry. I'm gonna tell you what it's about. You need to understand this. It's very important, right? Teach me. And it ain't, it ain't about money, cause um, they could give me two million dollars, three million dollars right now, and it ain't gonna compensate the loss. You know, I did 27 years for a crime I didn't commit. And in the process of doing that, I lost a grandson. I lost grand, grand, grandparents. I lost my mother. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? So, you know, while, while I was in prison suffering, other people was enjoying life. You dig what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But it's about um, vindicating myself. 
That's what it's about. It's not about the money, man. Because they could give me all that money. And the fact of the matter is that I went away February 24th, 1986, and I came home February 26th, 2013. So you could give me all the money you want. Don't 27 years, you can't give me that back. Mm. So it ain't about that. It ain't about the money. So, so in order to get vindicated, because, you know, I, before I ask that, let's speak hypotheticals real quick. As a person that go to prison for a crime he didn't do and watching a person, not saying any name, but allegedly told on you, but they're living their lives, living their life. They're a rap star or they're a singer. Or How does that make you feel? How did that make you feel? I mean, um, when I was when I was in prison, man, and you know, uh, there, there, there's an individual who's uh, who's uh, who's out in the street right now, you know, not uh, you know, I'll say his name because hopefully, man, he he would listen, he's listening to this, and maybe, you know, uh, he might he might recant his his statement. It's a guy by the name of uh, Jean Pierre, you know what I'm saying? And, and he's home. He lives in Queens. One of your boys, you know, he lives in Queens, and uh, you know, uh, I've been I, I'm in touch with his brother. Alexander Pierre, by the name of Doughboy, and uh, you know he did me a favor when I was away, and got me in touch with his brother, and um, Jean Pierre is you know one of the guys who's he's around, so I'm hope hopefully you know he's listening to what I'm saying, and he will find it as hard to you know to to help me, you know to 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 you know step up, you know to step to the plate, but I don't want him to help me in a way that a lot of dudes like to be helped. If he got to give someone else's name. Whether the person did it or not, then not leave me with this crime. I I I, I could live with this, but I don't want you to take something away from me and give it to another because I don't know if you lying to that other person. Just come with the truth and know that. Tell the truth. I didn't, I I have nothing to do with this murder. I don't even know who the murder is. The best thing that ever happened to me was pirate. You know what I'm saying? Cause I've been like fighting with the demons living yeah. in Brooklyn. You know, so I had to leave Brooklyn because I don't know if I was shaking the murder of his hand, and he's making a fool of me. So I said, you know what, let me get out, and I'm in the Bronx, man, and you know, I, I, I enjoy, I, I love Sick, the Bronx, I enjoy it. Town, so, man. you know, now I, I, I'm, you know, I'm down with, with you know, with, with, with Gilly, Miko, Peter Shue, you know, private, you know, with the, and I'm a Washington Avenue boy now, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm mm -hmm. a Bronx boy now. Uh, you know, unfortunately, that, that's what that the, the Bronx. Man, you know? Mm. And so, um, <laughs> Shout out to Brooklyn, though. We love our Brooklyn. But why you can't say, real quick, before we get to Pirate, I'm just asking you, why you can't just say, why you can't just say your flip, you know, I'm not asking you for the details of the trial. I'm not, I asked that. I tried to say that at you. But why you can't just admit that um, this man who is a rapper, and we're not disrespecting the dead, that he was on your case. You can't even say that because what is it taking away from your other endeavors? No, 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 That's what I'm asking you. No, I'm asking you. I'm asking yeah, you. He was, that, was, that was my friend, man. I, like I told you, in 1986, uh, I went away and their family moved to Texas. And they enjoyed their life and I went and did my... Was he a life. part of your case? That's all I asked. It's a, you can, well, I, I'm going to answer that. I'm gonna answer that. Do you want to hear that? You really want to? Now you being sarcastic. No, no, I'm not being sarcastic. Do you really want to respect me? No, no, I'm giving it to you. No, 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 I respect you. Do you really want to hear it? I want to hear the truth. I want to hear if he was a part. It's gonna come out in my documentary, man. So you can't tell me you come on flip the script, and you can't just say your flip. He was a part of my. I I dubbed it down as much as I can. I'm not gonna get off the subject. I dubbed it down. Hold on. 
I dubbed it down as much as I can for you out of respect of crime faces because they're coming out with a documentary. Spoke to them on the phone. So you're Man, saying, so you're saying. We ain't hiding, we ain't hiding nothing. I spoke to them on the phone out of respect for you. That's why I spoke to them on the phone because I respect you. Because it's hard to get on the phone with me. And I'm asking you, you said you don't want to say nothing, I respect that. But I asked you, can you at least say if he was a part of your case? Yo, Flip, he was a part of a case. He wasn't. Yeah, he was. That's it. We can move on. I mm-hmm. said he's a friend. All right. <laughs> I, didn't say, I didn't say he told him you're not. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. Got you. And I, I respect that. I respect that. Mm-hmm. But I know that you know, you know, you know, you know, you know, if somebody questioned me, I'm posting paperwork. Oh, now you're gonna say, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. I respect you. Know, I got so much. I got a lot of love for you. I appreciate. I know it. I show him a lot of love because he's a funny guy. He's be the same height. But I got a lot of love for you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I appreciate you know that. I mean, and and, 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 and I, I definitely want to um say one more time, salute Crime Faces. Check out their documentary that's coming out. I, I, you know, I think that. Uh, by, by, by the way, on Saturday, uh, not to say that uh, a rapper by the name of uh, Ballistic Man and uh, Gorilla Nems. Is uh, doing a video and uh, they, 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 you know, shout out to both of them. And uh, it's based on rat. It's based on the word rat, R A T. And they, they invited me uh, uh, on a video, uh, you know, for they shoot. You know, I appreciate that. So shout Respect. out to the brothers. Respect. Pirate. Yes, sir. Because you keep moving around with the mic. <laughs> we keep telling you to talk in the mic. You're the only one. You, yeah, you don't know if you want to sit up, sit back. I, I don't know why you just don't bring yeah. the mic back so you can sit and relax. No, I did, but then I know I'm going to move back up, so it's like, <laughs> I'm good, I'm up yeah, you, you, yeah. So, so, Pryor, when did the, um, the, 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 the CNC game come into place? Damn, he jumped everything. Let's, 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 let's. Oh, we jumped. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Nah, 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 it's good. What's before that? I mean, we, we, we yeah, trying, we, we, we trying we to go, go in order. Before, we, don't, yeah, we, we don't want to jump too far. Yeah, yeah. Let me, let me know. We don't want to jump too far because, you know, you met him. In, I know we stopped off because, you know, he, he, he talks lengthy. <laughs> so we had to let him get his rocks. No, on. we got to let him speak. He, he got, he got stuff he got to get out. So. Yeah. Man, oh. That's my man. We stopped off when you were talking about, you, you started, uh, I think you said you started selling. What was you, you started was, off, no the the, he was, the, the whole he, stick up stuff. He, he was stick up stuff. Yeah, he stick he, up kid. He went. He got in car. He did. The, he got locked up, and then um, you came back home. And I was in and out for a while. I was in the ran stick away up. twice. Right, I was in the stick up game for a while. Mm-hmm. You know, I ran around with some of the Lugo brothers. Shout out to the Lugo brothers. Some of them home free. Big Richie Lugo was in the feds right now. Um, I ran around with them for a while. He knows. He knows them as well. Um, I still be in contact with some of them. They old school four green. I came up under them a generation, you know, mm-hmm. behind, but uh, we always collaborate on a few, you know, money making schemes, you know, throughout the years, and then um, I moved into uh, my hustling. I, I jumped into the drug trade, mm-hmm. you know, after I got tired of stick up, you know, eighty three, eighty four came around, and uh, the heroin business was big, the drug trade. I started making contacts on Avenue D on the Lower East Side. I know a lot of people over there, so I started getting hit off, and I started, you know getting money in Fort Greene on, on that level now. You know, I, I was always a fashionable kid, like I told you from the beginning. Right. You know, I, I was flying Puerto Rican, running through Brooklyn, and, you know, everybody knew, you know, how I was and how I was coming up. So uh, then after that, uh, you know, I caught uh, the bit of state from 86 to 90, the first four years I did. And um, I'm right this island in HDM. Um, I met Calderon one time. Mm-hmm. He was there, you know. Um, I think it might have been 87, 88. 
you know, I was doing my thing, you know, busting my gun in the street. Sorry to cut you off, but you didn't tell us why you got the 86 to 90 bid. Oh, okay, yeah, that was, uh, I wasn't on robbery for a while, so in between some time when the drug trade wasn't going good, you know, sometimes we had to resort back to picking up the guns. So we caught a case in 86. We robbed this lawyer that had a money belt. Um, we lured him into a building and we took a couple of thousand from him. And, you know, we ain't had no mask or nothing. What's a money know? belt? Yeah. Those belts, I don't know if they still around before. Like, a lot of businessmen on Wall Street used to wear them to hide the money. Really? Yeah. It'll be like, had like no, a zipper. Had yeah, zipper. Zip, yeah, and you stuff, had the zipper. Yeah. And you had the zipper. Yeah. Yeah. Old school. You stuff yeah, yeah. with, with bills all around. And you wear it, it looks like a regular belt. Pretty sure you're going to sure you gonna be a millionaire. You're going to have one of them belts. Right. Pretty soon, right? Hopefully, man. Somebody had put us on to him. And then we caught him in the building. And it was me, my brother, and... uh. One of my co-defendants, one of my crimes back there at Malavi. And then um, I got picked out. I was on the run for a couple of cases. You know, when 57 was around, when 57 was telling me, yo, uh, the police was just on your roof this morning. And then two white ones. Then I'll be in the evening. They'd be like, yo, two, po- two detectives was across the street, binoculars looking at your window. Wow. So we, we, we was on robbery street, you know, around that time. And um, so for that one, I got. I turned myself in. It was too many. I was on the run for a while. My pops, they was kicking in the door. Man, agreeing with my pops. She was like, "Yo, I'm tired of this shit." And then, you know, to get my brother off, my mom was going crazy. So I said, "Let me turn myself in on this one and then make a deal, see what, it, what I was gonna get." So I wanted to get in uh, the three to six, and I went upstate. Well, how did they catch you out for the money belt? How did they catch up for that? No, that was picked out with mugshots. That's why the police was looking for me in different cases. We wasn't really using masks back then, you know. Mm-hmm. We got we got alerted of that of that robbery of that belt that money belt by somebody we got tipped off, so we really had the time to go you know get elaborate with the mask and everything, so we just did it, uh, with, you know with the assumption maybe he might not find us in the, in the mugshot, but he did, which I never understood how these people you know how to go to the right pages <laughs> out of so many um, criminals and so many people robbing Yo, how the hell they find my picture I'm like they ain't gonna find me you know so many sick of kids so many robbers in New York City or even in Brooklyn mm-hmm. and sure enough man they're like yo how you coming to get me you got picked out the mugshot then they put you in the lineup then you picked out the lineups I'm on like five different lineups at the same time I'm like damn you know got picked out three you know two they couldn't remember or whatever they were scared or they didn't want to go through with it so I got picked out and then um I started my bid you know, throughout Rikers Island, C95, running around. I wound up at HDM. I did some shit in in, in the Brooklyn House where, where I first uh, landed at. And then they sent me to HDM. We had a little riot over there with the COs on the floor. They sent everybody out the next day. I wound up at HDM. First time getting there. Mm-hmm. Throughout that those months there, because I was working in the visiting room also, so I got to see everybody. Everything moving in the jail, coming in now. I'm in the visiting room working at HDM. 87, 88, so it almost one of the big dogs up there, one of the big names that was there, you know, at the time of the building, which was a lot. Some of the brothers he named, 87, 88, it was crazy, you know, crack era, heroin, epidemic, so it, it was, uh, it was ridiculous. You know, Bronx, Manhattan, all them people, Lower East Side, uh, Brooklyn, and Calderon was one of the ones there, and somebody introduced him, yo, he's one of the big, you know, the big dogs up in the Bronx off of Brook Avenue, so I met him briefly, you know, we seen each other here and there, but we were in different houses. But toward the end of my bid, I was I, I wound up in this in this medium called Augsburg, and he came there from Clinton Annex, and that's a picture a lot of people see that's on all the Instagram pages. Me and him in that visit, mm-hmm. I mean on, on that picture, 
and um, we he wound up in my in my unit in my dorm. You know, he did his homework on me. You know, people told him that he's a gunslinger from Young in Brooklyn. You know, he put work in in the streets. Right, you know, right. he got busy <clears throat> on the island. And, you know, I always had a name and I always had my respect. I always had my position wherever Thanks. I went. And he liked that, you know. There's not a lot of people that he dealt with either. True. Mm. You know, because at all, you wouldn't really get close to him, you know. And, um, he, you know, he got close to me, took to me quick. He said, you know, I was a colorful dude in jail. You know, I was wearing my silks, my silk stuff in my baddies when I wasn't going on the visit. Just to be in the yard, dude's like... Where the hell are you going, man? You got visit? I'm like, nah, what the fuck you wearing all that for? Everybody out here with just dirty greens and boots. Yeah. And you dressing up in the yard like it's girls here. You know, you know, it's just where I am. So he always seen me colors. He said, yo, yo, you always killing it, man. You got the outfits on. He was a little more old school. Calderon was 10 years older than me. George Calderon, by the way, is his name. And um, he's like, yeah, I remember you from HDM, blah, blah, blah. Then one day he asked me, you know, right before I was going to, I think it was my second board. He said, yo, um, What's your plans when you when you when you go home? And then I was like, well, right now you know I don't have really nothing concrete you know lined up. Why you know what I'm saying? And he's like, you know, cause I heard I heard a lot of good things about you. You know what I'm saying? If you ain't doing nothing, man, you come up to the Bronx with me. You know I can give you top position, top pay. I got a serious operation. I already know you heard. And I was already there. You know he was buying Mercedes Benz. He bought one while I was there. The white one that's in the picture that we got. He's like, look, I just bought this. I just copped this. It was used, I think he spent 10 G's on it, he told me. And you know, I knew it was real. He was telling me about how everything was running while he was in there. He had his cousin running it. And then he said, you know, if, if you want, man, don't worry about it, I'll set you out. You get home, I'll be home in two months. And um, you know, we take it from there. So I was like, all right, so I was going, you know, first you don't believe, you know, what's really going on. But everybody else looking at me like, yo, what's up? I see you talking a lot with, with the man, what's going on? You know, he putting you on. I'm like, yeah, you want me to come to the Bronx and, you know, get things done for him, you know, put in that work so we could, you know, get the situation, get the situation going. And then that's what happened. I went home July of that 90, mm-hmm. and um, I linked up with the people he told me to go meet, and that's that's the start. That's how I got into the CNC game. Mm. He came home two months later, and then, you know, we took off from there. Now, the CNC gang was a gang in the Bronx, yes? Yeah, it was really a, a crew, you know, organization, that was running operation out there, you know, on the on the mainly extortion rackets and and, and heroin sale. Two cousins, Cousin uh, and Cadron, yes. Right, that's what CSC stands for. Okay, and <coughs> they had a rule. One of the rules that I think, and I want to ask you your opinion on this rule. They had a rule that I guess Cadron didn't want. Any drugs sold on the block when children were going to school? Oh yeah, when yeah that was that was that was heavily enforced by all of us every day. At um at two thirty two o'clock, everyone had, in the area and it was under our rule had to close shop till four o'clock. It was two hours. That's every day, Monday through Friday, Saturday and Sundays. We had to worry about it. And then at two o'clock every day, two or three of us would go around do our little patrol and make sure. You know, cause you always have one or two stupid people. Now ain't nobody around. Stay open, cause the line was the line was long, and they didn't want to let you know shoo everybody away and lose that. So we had to go enforce it. You know, not everybody that that we had under us, you know, was punks or cowards. Dudes that was, you know was getting it in, but they had you know fall in line for whatever reason. You know what I'm saying? And because we you know wasn't playing no games, but uh, we we made sure that at that time that that law, that rule was strictly enforced. And. The fact is that this man, um, you know, these 
people would say by selling drugs in your community is hurting the people, but they you guys were able to enforce that rule. What do you wouldn't you think that's an oxymoron? What what is your do you respect that? I mean, you guys had to do what you got to do, but do you respect the fact that you kept I mean, some the whole sort of situation. oh oh let me okay. finish? You kept some sort of principle with it. Do you respect that? How do you look at that part? I mean, to be honest, I was thought it to be quite hypocritical, even though it was, I guess, the right thing to do. But, I mean, if you're going to sell drugs and then just stop for school, because the kids, I get it, but you're still killing the rest of the community. So, you know, by and large, you're still doing the wrong thing, as, as you know, in, in general. <laughs> so, I mean, while you might, some people might give you uh, props for doing that, you know, so the kids, when they're coming out, they don't actually see people uh, serving people hand in hand. Respect. You know, because, and then they start seeing that young. And he had a, I'm not from the area, you know, I'm from Brooklyn. The reason I got up there was because I'm at Calderon in jail, but this was Calderon's neighborhood. So a lot of people, he, he knew there and grew up, you know, a lot of people's mothers, you know, ladies or females that he had, um, and, and, and uh, people's fathers, they knew that, seen him as a kid growing up, and now see him running this empire and all this chaos is going on, you know, so I'm sure he has, you know, some type of shame, I guess, so, you know, damn, you got this place, you know, up in flames, even while the kids are coming out of school, there's no respect, like, you know, we try to turn our eye and, and, and not bother you or, or interfere or call you, but damn, at least when we're picking up the kids, can we have, you know, at least a, a clear path, you know, with no negativity surrounding them, you know, while we pick them up and get home. So I guess back in his conscience, he felt, you know, let me at least, you know, put a little shield on it. I have, you know, some type of uh, respect mm -hmm. for for that. And so you, you, you're with the uh, CNC gang. You guys are getting money. When did things start crashing down? Like, uh, did, did, were you, because you, you got locked up with them, yes? Yeah, but I actually got busted before the big raid happened. I got busted on my own like a year and a half before everything really fell apart. When I got when I got busted, they were still in operation, and a few of us got busted in the first year. There was like two separate um, divisions of it. The first crew that came out when Cal came home in '90, and then a few of us got busted a year and a half, two years into it, and then they recruited a few more people while the first crew was locked up and kept going. And then they got busted after. So there was like two, you know, crews of the CSC gang. Were you home when Caron got killed? No, I was sitting in Attica when he got killed, mm. actually. And you heard the story? Yeah, I found out uh, the next day. Did you hear the real story or you found out he died? I heard different versions. So I didn't actually find out how he actually died. Till I got home and I got the, um, the autopsy and the description of the report when the murder, the incident mm -hmm. through some people I knew they had it and, and they gave it to me because I had heard he got machine gunned down, you know, you know, shot two or three times. So I'm talking about the, I'm talking about what's, what was behind the killing. When did you find that out? Oh, I didn't find that out till probably be right before I came home. That a few dudes had came in. And told me that was in the air, but I didn't really, you know, Believe know one it. way or the other how true that was. Pardon me, G. No, and, and, and the story is that his, his cousin, Kuson, had him killed. Yeah, that's the story. There was a split between both of them, and then, you know, I guess they they wanted, they came into disagreements, and, you know, with two dudes like that, you know, it got real quick. So you got, you got arrested a year prior, a year and a half prior. Tell us 
the day you got arrested and, 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 and what was the outcome of that of that arrest? What you got arrested for the outcome? Um, I got busted with two three eighties and a tech nine in Brooklyn. I got followed. There were a few things going on. I had I had already branched off and was doing other things with other people in the in the area, in the Bronx. And a few situations that happened, people got busted. So my name came up in a few investigations, like, you know, TNT, the narcotic squad was out there heavy at that time, you know, undercovers. So my name came up in, a, in an investigation and they followed me from Brooklyn, from the Bronx to Brooklyn. And then once I got down there, I guess they moved on the car and I had, you know, the, all the firearms and they had a bag of bullets, about 100 shells in it. And I got, I got caught really for possession of the, of the firearms. Okay. So I got taken down for that. And I copped out to that and did eight years for that. Because I was on parole. I owed parole. I couldn't get bailed out. So I got caught in Brooklyn and I ran up into the Brooklyn house. And then from there, Rikers, uh, Rikers Island, ACM, and then copped out in one of the state. So you did eight years and that was that wasn't your last, was that your last bid? Yeah, that was the last one. So you did eight years. And then, um, but... We may have to rewind a little bit. You know, you were in, when did you find out you was in all these magazines and stuff? Before that, oh, <clears throat> pardon me, pardon me, because you know, you going both of you knew the real 50 Cent or one of you did? Both of us. Both of us, yeah. You he knew grew, the real 50 he, he Cent. He grew up with him, but I was with 50, <laughs> this, is a, this is a fun, a bunk down story. I was with 50 Cent in Rikers Island, right? And I, I was sharing the story with him. Um, uh, Butcher Bill had got locked up one time, man. You know, God bless his dad. He had got locked up one time, and we was in Rikers Island, and um, 50 Cent took his sneakers, and uh, and I got it back for him. <laughs> yeah, 50 Cent yeah. took his sneakers. So, uh, you know, and, I, and I, the word got to me, I had a co-defendant by the name of, on another case, by the name of uh, Larry Hernandez, who they called Gowanus, um, frankly spoken, that was my co-defendant mm -hmm. in one in a few of my other cases. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and uh, you know, when I went to the mess hall, you know, I, I, I spoke with 50, because we, we had a good relationship. That was my boy, and I said, yeah, 50, you know, he from around my way, yo. You know, he, I know dudes normally don't get them back. Please don't strip with me, man. And, you know, here I get him a pair of sneakers. But you, 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 wasn't, you wasn't doing your sentence at that time. No, no, no. That was, uh, uh, yeah, I, I, fig that figured. Was another bit, yeah. Figured, figured. I just yeah. want to get him. So y'all both knew <laughs> the refugees. Can you tell me that? Yeah, shake your head. No, yeah. Oh, I'm going to get you no matter what. I know you're going to get me. Uh, um, tell I, met, us. I met him at 15, though, so I, I grew up in I this. mean, what type of person was he? Like, was he official? I mean... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, you you know, like, Fifty was originally from the Bronx. He was born in the Bronx. Mm -hmm. He you was know? black. Yeah, he black. He was born in the Bronx, and then uh, he you know he moved at a young age to Fort Greene with them, and you know he he was guard body, and then um you know he got the name Fifty Cent. I want to assume, you know, this is not predicated on facts. I want to assume that the name Fifty came because of uh his pettiness at times, you know. Sometimes when we're young, we do, you know, petty things, and and that's I think that's where the name Fifty Cent came out at, and uh, you know, then uh, you know, I'm not gonna get into the rumors I heard when he passed away, but you know, you you know, you heard some stuff that was to me was disturbing, you know, because he was my boy, but you know, whether or not it's true, I don't know it's true, and you know, you mean heard some stuff about his character? Yeah, but you know, that's here hear no there because he's dead, you know, I like talking about that, about about the individuals, you know, and but but when I when when I was with him in the island. Fifty was all right, man. You know, I mean, when he I was, was, in was, he, he was, just, was fifty, man. Was it? I don't know what that means because I know. Yeah, he was a wild. Yeah, he was a wild dude. Fifty was fifty. Me man. and him had problems when I first met him. Yeah. When I came from Puerto Rico in '81, 
after I did that program over there, I was telling you, mm-hmm. Ogal Crea, he had this girl that was part of a family that used to boost. This girl used to like me before I left. When I came home, when I came back home, is when I saw him. Before I left, he's not from Fort Greene, like you said, he's born in Brussels. When I came around, I came back, and I see him running around with uh, this kid Tommy and this other kid Maurice that's dead, rest in peace. He had them under the wing. They was always out on the street already. We was going back and forth to Sparford and all that. I already went to Sparford 78 and 79. So I knew Tommy and we was all in and out of Sparford those two times. So they was in the street and running around downtown Full Street getting money. When 50 Cent, I guess when he moved to Brooklyn while I was in Puerto Rico, he teamed up with them. But he started hanging out on my side. And when he moved to Fort Greene, he, was, he moved on the, on the middle side, the Monument Walk. I'm from the first side, Fleet Walk, and the two kids that he was running with was on my side, so he was being on my side a lot. The girl that he was talking to at that time was from my side too. So he spent a lot of time on my side, so that's how I first got to see him and meet him. So when I came back, they was like, oh, Tali, boom, and it was over. And then I guess he was like, I was talking to him, so he got mad. I remember he used to have little Tommy and Maurice hide behind cars and say shit to me, go, Tali is a bum, and I'm looking around, and he was like, yo, it's them little dudes behind the car, and it was 50, you know, pulling these strings, telling the call me, you know, he had them gassed up. And we almost got into it, but, you know, he stood in his little corner, I stood in mine. But after we did the jury shot, we was in the, um, I ran to him in C-74 bullpen, coming from court. And then that's when we actually, first time we started talking. Cause he heard we did the jury shot, he was like, yo, I just did the jury shot, and I came off. So now he knew it was serious, we was getting money. And then, um, I remember I was smoking, this was, I was, I, was, I used to smoke cigarettes back then. I stopped smoking back in 89. It's been 30 years. But at that time, the top had first came out. And I was fiending for a cigarette hat, and I was in a pulpit. And some dudes at the top. And I was like, damn. I said, damn, let's try that. I said, yo, let me get let me get some of that. I wanted to smoke something before going upstairs at 50 Cent. Was, was like, nah, I don't smoke that top. I forget, he was the first one that told me. I was a little embarrassed because everybody looked. He's like, I don't smoke last for suckers, man. That's for derelicts. We don't smoke right. that, man. You know, you know, choice dudes like us get married. We don't smoke that. And I was like, oh. And I, you know, I gave it back to him, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, nah, nah. And I gave it back to him. He was like, yeah, yeah, nah, we don't do that. So he, he, he knew that a little bit, you know, before me. But after that, so then, you know, we got cool. And then and after that, we just used to see each other. And, and you know, we, we ran around. We had a few times when we got money. I was going to take him to the Puerto Rican Parade one time with me, but we wound up doing something else. You know, to get some money and we didn't go that 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 year. I remember it was like eighty six, eighty seven. But what year yeah. did he die? Eighty seven. I, I was away. Yeah, he, yeah. Cause I saw him on uh, right before when uh, before, prior to me blowing trial. I was in C ninety five with him. He got. He and, got. And, and then I, I went up in eighty seven. I went up in March and yeah, he died oh, in eighty seven. Yeah, ninety five, eighty seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, cause yeah. I saw him last time. Yeah. I saw him. That's right before blue trial. I was in C ninety five bullpen and he was coming yeah, in. Yeah, right before blue He was coming in from court and I was there. I was like, yo. And he stopped for a little bit, and he and he went up, and I, I hadn't got called yet. My house hadn't got called yet, but he died October, October twenty first, nineteen eighty seven. The reason he, I know that is because the dude who went down for his our, murder is our friend, right? It's, it's my man too. Yeah, so wait, 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 real, real quick, let's, let's let's back up a little bit. Is it true that he was robbing like celebs and stuff? Oh yeah, he got 50, a few people. Fifty was fifty, yeah, yeah. man. He caught a few people. No, no, he specialized in that. Okay. He went around to a lot of shows. Listen, everybody in Fort Greene back then went to shows to rob celebrities. That ain't no secret. If you grew up in Brooklyn, yeah, 50, 50, and Manhattan, 50, 50, and, 50, and 50 led a few of the crews 
around that time that was going out doing that. Like if it was a show at the Garden or LL or you know whoever had the heavy jury back then. Yo, let's go over to try to catch them. And a few celebrities got caught from a, you know by a few dudes from from before. Group. I'm gonna ask a question that may be hard, and I know y'all may how y'all may answer it. The person that killed them was it his friend as well, or y'all just know him? Was they all friends? Yeah, they were friends. Yeah, yeah, they were, yeah. And Fifty died outside of an apartment. Yes, is the story. He came outside and got, got, did he get yeah. Ma Ma Mario? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Based on what I was locked up, but based on what I was told, yeah. Yeah, yeah. What, what, what? Based on what I was told, yeah. Well, what, I was what, incarcerated. What you were know? you told? Whatever you say. Okay. Why did the person kill him? I don't know. That's a. That's I, I don't know. A, that's an interview for him. I mean, yeah, I, I, I I spoke to the person he, all the time, you know, and he already had. Admitted to him, did the time yeah, for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know he's locked up as a, a, he's locked a, a, up right now. For but case. you know, I don't really want to speak for him. Yeah, yeah. But. He's locked up. Unfortunately, he just got 25 years. Right when I came home, I had yeah. spoke to him, and um, a few days after I spoke to him, he he had got into a little incident. You know, he was drunk, and he was drunk, and he you know he got locked up. He got 25 life. Yeah, I'm gonna be going to see him soon. Me and him been close as kids too. But he admitted it, but did they have a discrepancy? I don't know. I was incarcerated. So you didn't hear the story? I heard what you heard. But he did his time already, so you can't talk about it because he did his abandoned. I heard what you heard. I didn't hear anything. No, did it's I. not that. He did the time. It's that. It's, just such a, it's not our place to really speak right. for him. It's not, it's not that he did the time for it, yeah. and we don't know. We didn't hear a story. I, I know the story. You know, but he's told not, it to me a few yeah, times. Yeah, but it's not my place. I was in Attica. Right. I was in Attica. Right. I was in Attica. We was all in Attica yeah, together. Yeah. But respect. I can respect. What, what, what happened is this. this let, me, let me make it a little easier on you when it comes to private. Uh, right now, private is like somewhat in touch with him, and private is supposed to be, hopefully, with his permission, doing his story, documentary. So. Well, some we people that say, I got. We, we, we trying to stay away from that. Want to get in contact That's with him too. You know, man. Listen, man. I'm supposed to be plugging them into that. Yeah, we got to do what you got to do, man. So you can't say his story, basically. You got to say what he Okay. Oh, yeah, but even if he didn't have that thing, so even, even if they I'm going to have to tell him the Spanish because he don't understand English. But even if they wasn't doing a story for him, for me, it's not my place to, to speak on that. Without his consent. Yeah, because he, you know. That's not, that's not appropriate. That's not appropriate. Respect. Respect. You know but you do say they were friends, though. Yeah, I mean, they, yeah, they, yeah. They, they were all for friends, you know. They were friends. I can tell you that they was you know. running around together, you know. Yeah, yeah. Getting yeah. money for a while, you know, whatever happened, yeah. happened. Yeah. Cause, it's not a secret, like. But, how, you know, but, how, but we just I, can't, that's not I know, but, but then, but you can't say how he got caught neither. How he got caught for it. Somebody yeah. told him? They put the cuffs on him and took him inside. What the fuck? That's, an ass of, that's a question for him. Yeah, right? No, but what did the put cuffs on him, right? And put him in police car. You're not as good as you think you are. No, I'm just saying. I caught you already twice. You ain't catch me. Yes, I did. Facts, but yeah, you know, yeah, you know, that's, that's a deep question. What you asked, but that's a question for yeah, yeah, yeah. for, uh, for him. Right, to so answer. we we got some we got some because um, time is running out. Yeah, time is running out. So we want to get to the, we got some uh what C CDs here. We got some we got Bye some that. CDs. You know what I'm saying? We got some magazines here. Some we want to talk Talib, about it, boy. Pirate, look, that's that, that's yeah, pirate. That's him. Let's talk about that's it, him. Man. My man, pirate. You so, see the red Cazelles? Look, look, back in the days. Young dudes don't know. We were rocking gazelles back then, man. I think I want to start right here. Flip okay, G, yeah, yeah. Take it, take it away, You, you into this, this picture right here, because, you know, behind the scenes, you spoke to him. Just briefly about it. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm going to turn to it. Sure. And, um, you know, 
I didn't recognize him at first. I had to really look at it again to, to make sure, but <laughs> that's him yeah, in the middle. Yeah, yeah, this day right here, man. Describe uh, what was going on this day. What, how did this happen? Because you 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 you're in the um, back in the days book book by Jamel Shabazz, Shabazz. Right. introducing uh, Fab Five Fab Five Freddy. You know what I'm saying? So uh, talk about this, this picture right here. All right. So so that book came out in um in 2001, but that picture is actually uh, 1985. Mm-hmm. When I was 19 years old, there, that's my stick-up days, by the way, right there. Really? Yeah, that's what you know. You can't see and, and, and like him, I want, I want to, um, I want to um, just say that for anybody young listening to this and hearing this, yeah, you know, don't get it twisted and think that we glorifying nah, the we life we live right, or, right. Now, of or the crimes we committed. You know, this we just telling the story of you know what happened with, in our lives. Right. But Absolutely. it's not something that that we proud of or how we live today right. so don't you know get it twisted and try to follow you know that route you know if you can go to school and do better and you can avoid yourself all the pain and suffering and prison time we did then that's what you do man because Absolutely. that don't really lead to too much you know we some of the fortunate ones that are at least still alive you know and he wanted to do so much time so he wasn't that fortunate but he got his life and his health so mm -hmm. he's good but if you could do something else you know don't follow you know in that path right. Absolutely. but yeah in this in this picture um you know, we run around downtown Fulton Street. Mm -hmm. We some prowl down there. Everybody knows, you know, the stories of the four green people prowling Fulton Street and by the mall to see, you know, who you could catch, what you could catch, and right. make some money off. And Jamel Shabazz is like a freelance photographer who used to um, go around New York City and, and photograph, you know, the times, you know, in real time what was happening, you know, like the fashion and you'll see pictures there of, of clothing and the stores. And uh, a, a number of occasions, coming out through the mall on Fulton Street, I would run into him, and I always had, you know, a nice outfit on. He'd be like, oh, man, I love that outfit. Let me take a picture. And then we would let him take the picture. And the first time, he was like, for what? And he's like, nah, I just got it here. He'll show us the table. You know, we seen that wasn't really for nothing negative that he would use it for. So we would allow him to take those photographs. And So he was, he was posted up in that area to, to catch the like he wanted to capture the culture of yeah, the hip hop because that was a hub everybody from Brooklyn would go down right to the there. mall right you know wow. and we lived by the mall so I'll be square mall that's why you see more four green people in, in a lot of his photographs than any other neighborhood mm. because he would shut up shop set up shop down in Absolutely. the mall which is a four green but he used to be in the Bronx and everywhere too he got pictures in Manhattan and all, all kind of places so um that's my brother, by the way. Shout out to my brother Lex on 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 my left side right there, in the base she's getting my man Adidas that's doing twenty down in Virginia. Shout out to Adidas, the black brother in the picture. Those are my dudes. Yeah, this one right here. You you in you in the Source magazine? Yeah, that the one hundredth episode. Yeah, the one hundredth. L Cool J on the cover of Five Mics. Right. This is big. How'd you get in this magazine out? Well, uh, <laughs> same thing. Jamel Shabazz had the photographs, mm. and from what I heard. Um, the Source magazine and the 100th issue was running a fashion piece on, a, you know, the beginnings of hip-hop gear. And I guess as he had accumulated all these photographs, he must have heard about it or he must have came with them, with the, came to them with the project. And they collaborated and used the photographs and ran the fashion piece. Were you compensated in any way for these, for these photos? Or? Years later after eight years of litigation, yeah. This says plaintiff's exhibit. Huh? <laughs> this is plaintiff exhibit on the, on the back of this. Yeah, that's that's from the court cases. Wow. So 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 wait wait hold on So what you so tell me what you sued him? 
I tried to shoot Polygram. Polygram Records put out their CD using my face, my image, to sell CDs. I'm 19 years old in that picture. I'm not getting no money for this. At first, when I saw the magazine, I was like, all right. Now, when they start putting it on CDs and it's making money, I'm not getting no money. Mm-hmm. So I had to go, you know, consult with some lawyers and we tried to go after Polygram Records and Kango used my photo to promote Kangos and mm-hmm. Urban Outfitters. That other skinny CD you see, I'm not getting a penny from that. There's a skip other skinny CD. You know, it's like, it got uh-huh. crazy, so. Just about that. Oh, okay, gotcha. You know, the crazy thing is, a lot of these companies folded while we was in the process of, of <laughs> yeah. my man. It's you? Yep. And you pull out the CD, it's in, the picture's on the CD. So you did sell. you win any on money? On the CD? Yeah, at the end, man. We, uh, Kango and. So uh, you won money? Yeah, eight years. Between me and my brother. And the lawyer, we split twenty five thousand, so we wound up with peanuts basically. But you know, it is what it is. After eight years, we was tired and we just settled. Well, you, you got something for 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 taking from from taking a, a freelance photo to. They was using me to model they they hats, and if you buy a Kango, you get the CD. <laughs> if, if you buy a book, you get the CD. Yeah. Uh, Urban Outfitters. There we go. Talk about it. I'm like, come on, man. People calling me, yo, your picture's over here. They're selling books. They, they getting, I'm like, I'm shooting everywhere. Everybody's calling me. I'm running down. And then I'm like this. And people say, they, they, you signed for that? You got permission? I'm like, no, I don't even know nothing about this. Hmm. Now, now, at first, were you just excited to have your face on there? Or yeah, the Source you, Magazine, I was good. I was like, oh. You the, know, yeah, so the initial response is like, wow, I'm, I'm famous yeah, now. Or, you know what I I'm remember saying? the first time dude said, say, yo, you in the Source Magazine? I'm like, what? And then I went down and got it. I was like, oh, shit, cool. I seen everybody's pictures. It was cool. But then the CDs. Took on a different, you know, situation. What about the guy that took the picture? You tried to sue him too? Nah, Jamal Shabazz, you know, he's he, he's running off doing his own thing. He basically wanted the companies who was selling, distributing, yeah, doing the distribution. Jamal Shabazz was all right. He was all right too, huh? Yeah, he, he I seen his name on the on the Harlem, the Godfather of Harlem. So I guess some of those photographs in the beginning, mm. he, he might have something to do with that. Yeah. So, you also. You were, when did you join the biker crew? You joined the biker crew before you did the Rough Rider there? Um, I knew the Chinglings, from the Chinglings. I, I knew them Chinglings. since 2000, but I, I wasn't a part of them yet. The, the Rough Rider situation was before that. Rough Riders, volume four, The Redemption. Yeah, that's a long story. <laughs> Make it short. Give us the short version. Uh, basically, I got signed to them in 04. Because a homeboy of mine, uh, Ben, shout out to Ben, um, he's doing fat time right now. He he was down with Rough Riders, with the uh, stunt crew, biker crew, and um, he knew DNY, the CEOs. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I always was rapping since Fort Green when I was young, all throughout jails. Anybody who was in the jail with me, I, I performed in shows at the festivals and prisons and all that. And when I came home, I started you know doing demos. And then my man Ben was hearing stuff, and he was like, yo. I should let this. Uh, I should let these people hear it that I know the Rough Riders. So he took them a CD, and then we um the Hip Hop Summit 2004. They took me down there to promote when Jen was uh doing the album release party, and um, when we came back, you know they got a good good uh, review from the, my CDs that we hand out because I was rapping in Spanish mm-hmm. when Reggaeton was was first hitting around 2004. Right, and then you know they signed me like 90 days after that. And you know, we we did some promotion, ran around tour, two and a half to three years. And then when they did the compilation volume four, I came out on it. Nori was on my song, shout out to Nori. 
He came out on a song, and my wife, shout out to my wife, Lisette Jiggles. She came out on the song, too, doing it. the hook. Mm-hmm. I had two songs on that. But then after that, you know, Rough Riders at that time was still struggling. You know, they had lost a few of their rappers, and right. they was trying to keep the, the label together, sign new, new, new talent. But it didn't work out, you know, and um, after a while, I got tired. And I moved. To, I wanted to move to Puerto Rico for a year, and I just left the music alone. Why, why did you move to Puerto Rico for a year? I had plan. I had, that, that was in the plans years before, and I was just waiting, you know, to get myself together, see what happened with the Rough Riders, so I could go down there and move, move the kids over there, so they could experience living in Puerto Rico like I did, mm-hmm. you know, because growing up in New York, you know, your, your Spanish is not, you know, so sharp, and and you don't know too much about the island. I wanted, I wanted them to experience that, so we moved down. There. I had plans not to come back, but. We came back after a year. And once I went over there, my contract expired. I left the music alone. The Rough Riders was kind of fading more and more, and then I just left it alone after that. And then you joined the biker crew. Yeah, then I came back, and then I, started, hang, I, had, I had started hanging out back with the Chinglings. And then, you know, I said, you know, I, I always hung out with Outlaws since I was a kid in Brooklyn, you know, mainly the dirty ones, the Sunset Park and then Bay Ridge. Mm-hmm. So I was always into the life a little bit. But then... um. When I hooked up with the Chinglings, I said, you know, let me um, let me get me a bike and, and ride with the with the outlaw, cause I was always into that life, you know. And then that's what I did, and I ran with them for like four years. And then you jumped out of that. Yeah, after four years, I got tired of the politics, and I just wanted to do me. I needed my life back, cause when you're in the, when you're in the outlaw club, man, you gotta dedicate and devote a lot of your life to that. And Everything they were, is that. I'm sorry, control. They were on A and E. Yeah, they were A&E back in, in the late 90s, 98. One of the first outlaw clubs to get a documentary done on. Wow. Done, yeah. Jimmy's been around since 63, before I was born. You know what I'm saying? I'm 53, I'll be 54. And they've been in the Bronx on the same street ever since then. Hmm. You go up there right now, they're still there. More low-key nowadays, but you know, they had a big name back in the days. They came a long way. So let me ask you a question. Let's get a little, you know, because we got to wrap it up. We only have about like 10 more minutes. Um, Mario, now that you're back in society or you came back in society, this you guys, you know, but you're back, you've been back in society, but what is, what are you, what is coming up for you? Hey, pretty much now, I mean, um, I enjoy my, you know, I'm, I'm pretty much enjoying my, my children. You know, I got, you know, shout out to my, you know, my son Rick, Showtime, Kike, and my daughter Lisa. You know, and um, it's pretty much my family, my, you know, my, my, my grandkids, man. You know, I work. Um, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not into the streets. That's, I don't have time for that. You know, I'm, I'm a working man. Um, I don't, I don't subscribe to the foolish pleasures that I used to subscribe to when I was a kid. You know, uh, mm. you know, my thought process is different. You know what I mean? So mm. my thing is like I'm, I'm I'm pretty much laid back, man. I'm just enjoying life. I'm I'm, I'm grateful. I'm thankful. You know, uh, for the individuals who actually um, helped me with my transitions. You know, uh, I had a friend of mine that was incarcerated. He's from Queens as well. Uh, Michael J. Love, Mike Love, who was uh, one of my mentors in uh, the Black Panther, uh, ex Black Panther and Black Liberation Army, uh, Herman Bell, mm-hmm. who was also another individual who who you know, prepare me for society, you know? Mm. Um, so, like, I'm, 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 you know, I, I go out once in a while. You know, when I first came home, uh, 
the truth is, my children were more my parents than they were my children. They, you mm -hmm. know, they took care of me, man. Mm -hmm. You know, and and I appreciate them. I love them for that. You know, my 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 sons was like, they was I was I was their 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 son. You know, right. they 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 put me in the right path. They they make sure that you know, uh, I had the things that I was supposed to have in order to make the transition into society. You know, and I, and I appreciate them and um, you know, I thank them a lot for that. So. Like I'm, I'm all you know, a layback. I used to go out with them. Now, now, my daughter told me the other day. My daughter Lisa said the other day, "Dad, you getting old? You like an old man? You know, you moved to the Bronx. You don't want to do nothing. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be 55 in February, man. So I'm more or less laying back. And um, I, I don't, I don't wanna, I don't wanna um, sound like an old man, but I don't, I, I you know, I, I don't wanna be a bad example to the youth, man. Oh, cool. You know what I'm saying? Cause uh, like, like. What they see is what they get, and what sells today. If you, I don't think you guys really know what sells today. What sells today in society is not drugs. What sells today is gangs. Mm. You know, kids want to gravitate to that, and they want to be in the streets, and they want to get caught up. And 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 you know, when you when you want when you want to get somebody to be involved with with something, you know, you're gonna give them the good stuff. You're never gonna tell them the bad stuff until they get in, and then they learn the bad stuff about it. Right. You know what I'm saying? And um, I, I don't recommend no 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 young man or, or, or woman to get involved with anything unless it's going to be something productive. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And they're going to progress from it. You know what I'm saying? You don't need to be involved with something to 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 be united. You understand what I'm saying? You 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 you, you know you, you can get involved with individuals who are trying to get somewhere. Like 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 both you brothers, man. You, you brothers not you know y'all not that y'all ain't never got in trouble, but y'all not y'all not street individuals, y'all. Y'all y'all more into like the business aspect. Y'all more into growth and development. Y'all more into your family. You know, this is my second time being here. I was here yesterday on the P uh, Peter Shoes uh interview and and, mm -hmm. and Flip, you know, you know, he has a son here, you know, teaching them the business. He could be in the streets right. getting caught up. If you if you look at what just happened in Queens, you know, a young man, fourteen year old got you know, got got, got shot up in, in a basketball game and now the young young yeah, little sister. Project, yeah. yeah, young little sister, you know, and that's sad. It's, it's our own folks, you know. We destroying ourselves, and 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 whether you want to believe it or not, you know, uh, um, you know, not not to sound like a racist, but the, the the white folks, that's 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 what they need. They need us to do this to each other in order mm. for them to grow and keep us down. Because if we if we come together uh, as a people, man, we we could be strong, man. We could be on top, but you know, we 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 so focused on, you know, bringing each other down. So mm -hmm. when you see platforms like this, you, you have to commend the brothers. You have to thank them because. Is our people. I'm being, you know, last time I was interviewed, uh, I was interviewed by white folks, and I was on my parole board. Now I'm wow. being interviewed by black folks, people of my, of my peers, people of, of, that, that understand me, you mm -hmm. understand? So, you know, you, you, we, we got to appreciate brothers like y'all, man. And, you know, I want to I wanna thank you both for this interview, yeah, man. man. I appreciate that, man. man. I want to read something real quick. Inmate brought uh, Article 78 proceedings to review administrative determination to place inmate in administrative segregation on ground that he posed a threat in safety and security of correctional facility. <laughs> the Supreme Court, Shemong, Sh I guess county, transferred the Supreme Court. Shemong County. Yeah. Shemong. Shemong. Is it Appellate Division? Appellate. Appellate Division. Appellate. I'm sorry. I can't read. Held that evidence is support determination. Administrative determination assigned inmate to administrative segregation on the ground that he posed threat to safety and security of correctional facility was supported by evidence 
and made with powerful figure known throughout correctional system as a leader of a well-organized gang. That inmate was capable of contacting inmates at various correctional facilities and ordering them to assault inmates considered to be gang's enemies. The recent stabbing and death of second inmate was directly attributed to inmate. That inmate has been subjected of 17 misbehavior reports. An inmate resolved conflicts physically 100% of the time. That's about you, Mario Machente, who also was a rat hunter. <laughs> you thought we forgot. But watch this. Use a, use a key word. I was a rat hunter, but let me share something with you about that. And this is very, very important. Very. White man wrote that. And I want you. I want to show you something. Not that I'm saying that what they're saying it doesn't have validity. Some of it's true. Some of it's a lie. And I'm gonna tell you what was a lie. I was never involved with a gang, cause Rat Hunter was never a gang. Rat Hunter was an organization. What type of organization was Rat Hunter? It was against rats, homos, and rapists, and we extorted. It was an organization. It was not a gang. It's a difference. How many members were a part of the Rat Hunters? I don't know. What did you guys do in I just, prison? I just told you. When you mean you were against it, that means that you caused... If you're a rat, you're a homo, you're a rapist, you can't be around me, man. You know, that was it. And things will happen to these type of individuals. Know. I don't know. I don't subscribe to that no more. You got to ask the rat hunters. I don't subscribe to that. I like when he says that. You got to ask the hunters, but I'm not a hunter, man. <laughs> oh, so when you were a hunter, were you at the bottom of the totem pole? I, I forgot. I don't know. Yeah, no, you wasn't. Yeah. Huh? So they had to they had to segregate you. They had to put you away because of this articles about you. Probably so. Maybe. Would you like me to put it on the screen to show? It? No, we don't gotta go through that. Huh? You like that screen? I'm gonna break that screen, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, we ain't gotta go through that. All right, but you were part of the Rat Hunters, and 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 and, and you know that's what you guys believed in at the time. You was you don't you know everybody because I spoke to you privately. You said everybody do whatever they want to do in society you're not interfering with nobody as yeah, long as anybody no doesn't interfere with you you worry yeah, about your no grandchildren and your family absolutely i want to get that message clear same thing with you i see you all the time with your wife and pictures man i think it's the most illest thing man inspirational yeah. man yeah thanks everybody yeah. says they be like damn y'all two always together like yeah you know yeah. the couple that everybody wants to be like so i mean that's <laughs> a good thing i'm like damn we are <laughs> so we we be bugging i mean we we, we we flattered by that and we take it as a compliment man you know Actually, sorry. Now, before we close out, you know, tell us something that you guys may, you know, regret or any any decisions you guys might have made back in the days that you might want to change. I heard a lot of people, man. I think about it a lot of times, and um, you know, if I could do things different, I probably would. But under the circumstances, maybe I might not have been able to do it different. Mm. You know, because situations that I put myself in, in pursuit of certain things, and that's what the situation called for. Right. But, you know, some things I'm not proud of, but you can't change time, just learn from it and maybe, you know, teach somebody to go about things different if I see them, you know, headed that way. But, you know, to get specific, there's quite a, a few things, but, mm. yeah, you know, it is like that when you think about it. Gotcha. Uh, I don't want to be repetitious. I, I think you hit it on a nutshell, but uh, one of the things I, I really do regret, man, is not being able to uh, bury my mother when she passed away. You know, I was incarcerated. I was able to go to her, her wake, but I, I was not allowed to carry her. You know, I was allowed 
to give her what she gave me, the love that she gave me, right. and bury my mom. So, I, you know, that I, that's one of the biggest things I regret in my life. But nowadays, uh, thankfully, we've linked up with, uh, with Miko that was here yesterday. And, you know, he's been acting for a number of years. Like I said yesterday on uh, Peter Shue's episode, shout out to Peter Shue, because he's part of the project. And um, we're trying to head in different directions, you know. We got uh, Miko uh, putting together projects, uh, helping us put together certain projects. And being that he's got a foot in the door in the moving in movie industry, you know, we got... Um, some shows that we're putting together that we're going to do on stage, uh, try to uh, dramatize certain situations that we've been in, we've been in before, right. and maybe some people could, uh, you know, see that and maybe learn and grow from it, and then probably put us on a better path nowadays that we could benefit somehow off of it. Mm. So you got the show, the the, the play is coming in, in January. You January said, fourteen at January the 14. tank is in Midtown Manhattan. We'll. We'll update people more on it as we go along in the next few weeks on our Instagram. My Instagram is pirate underscore tali underscore pirata. Uh, if you don't know how to spell pirata, it's the same thing as pirate with the A at the end. Talik is T-A-L-I-E-K. Who gave you the name pirate? Um, this pimp from Bushwick from his neighborhood actually named Ice Cream. That was my man. He, he had the ice cream on the stage to get busy. Yeah, old school, old time. And why he gave you the name? Because uh, we had bought some weed from this uh, kid one time, and when we were smoking, it tasted funny. That's when we was in a Brooklyn house, and when we opened it up, it was cut with, with cigarette tobacco. Like, what is you doing, bro? We buying a, a, a joint. I mean, you ain't tell us you was cutting it. This ain't, you know. And uh, he didn't want to, you know, give us our money back or give us something else. So me and my man ran in his cell on him, and I jumped on the um, on the bed and I had him by his by his back of his collar. He was trying to uh, cover up. From me hitting them with that ice pick, so I'm, I always had a, I always had bandanas like I still you'll see me in a lot of uh, pictures, and I always wore big earrings, and I had my beard back then. He said, "Yo, you look just like a pirate when you was on the bed trying to hit him on his neck, stab him." So after that, he started. I used to be coming in the dorm from the visit some, and he'll be like, "Shorty pirate, shorty pirate." So that kind of stuck, and then the shorty got dropped out of it, and the Latinos in Rikers Island was like, "Pirate." Pirata, right? That's the same thing. And then and then that's how I turned to Pirata. So that's mm. how I got the name. What's your social media, old man? My name is Mario Machete. Mario underscore Machete727. 727 come from, that was the building where I got arrested from. I used to live on 727 Nickabaca. So I used to 727 to remind me of what I've been through. All right, thank you. Appreciate y'all coming out to the show, man. Appreciate the story. You know what I'm saying? Uh, shout to shout to y'all. Shout to Peter Shue. Peter Shue, of course. Sir. You know and, what I'm saying? And Miko. Shout to the whole yeah, team. Billy. Shout to the, the um, homies in the building as well. Yes, sir. And my man Gaz, check out the upcoming. Yes. Check out the upcoming um, editions coming out on UWF Magazine. UWF CEO. That's also his Instagram. That's Underworld Files. Got a few interesting stories about certain crews that were getting money '80s and '90s. And uh, y'all watch out for that. And see UWF, UWF dot CEO or UWF dot magazine. That's my man Gans is is spearheading that. Salute. He's in the building right now, so shoot, salute, salute to him. Shout I out. I want to shout out also. Uh, the great uh, great height. You know, his brothers gave me the shirt, mm -hmm. so I came here representing them. You know what I'm saying? They, they you know, they trying to do they, they trying to do something for themselves, the world, man. You know. That's what's up. Everybody trying to market themselves, man. Everybody just trying to get somewhere, man. And also shout out Crime Faces. Shout oh, out man, Crime definitely, Faces. Man. 
That's my family. Come Make on, sure y'all get that sure. UWF magazine first edition of CSC Gang Stories gonna be in there. All right. We gotta wrap up. We wrapping it up, man. <laughs> Instagram at Queens Flip with a Z at Flip the Script Pod at DJG Money One Five Six. Also, don't forget the thirtieth for this month. My pops got his uh, big birthday party. You know what I'm saying? He invites you also. So I'm, I'm gonna say it on camera so you, you can uh, he can hear it and you can hear it. Uh, he he would like for you to come out, sir, and, and come see how he shuts down the the, the, the party scene. Is it on the boat again? No, it's actually going to be in Rochdale Ballroom, in the big ballroom in Rochdale. Shout out to Queenslip, the hottest podcast right now. In the I don't want to make noise. Right? Come check, bot. Nah, it's all right. No, 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 no. Is that still going? Yeah. Don't worry. That was long? You good? Yeah. Nah, if we're not good, whatever, shut off, shut off. Listen. All right, see ya. <clears throat> 30th of November, Rochdale Ballroom. We also got Jeff Fred performing live, so it's going to be a dope look. You know what I'm saying? Uh, old school vibe. You know what I'm saying? It's always turned up. Yeah, this is Queen Flip, URLTV.TV. Listen, man, you're probably not going to see this because the camera turned off. We, cut, we killed the time. But <laughs> remember, man, lock your doors, close your windows, close your blinds, open your blinds. And if you see a nigga like Mario Machete on your lawn, don't be afraid to use a firearm. If you see Piata on your lawn, let him in. He don't mean no harm. I'm from Queens. <laughs>